Welcome to the first podcast here and by Good Brother. Let's get down to brass tacks. Barry, thanks for being with us. Okay, happy um, to be here. I know, it's good, it's good to have you. I, I did, for the people listening, Barry is... Um, Barry was one of the first people that I... I was it 15 years ago, Barry? 15 probably? years ago, yeah. When I left school and Barry was the first man to ever employ me as a in, in the construction industry. Was it the first man that actually fired you? I can't remember. I think you might <laughs> I think you might have been the first man that fired me as well. Uh-huh. But um, you were the man who introduced me to the construction. Mm-hmm. So it was good going. So look at for the people that's listening in, um tell the people a little bit about you, Barry. I know you've been in construction for forty odd years, anyways. Close to forty years. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much. Um, you have a bit of you've done investments in properties overseas. You've had properties in England. You've had, um, if I know, you've had property here as well. Actually, don't you? You've got. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, yeah. So look at this is about new builds. Everything you need to know about building a home. So for the people listening, this is why we brought you in because you're experienced in what you do. Um, like I said, you've got forty years experience in the building trade. Um, a lot of people that are about to take a journey and build their own house and um, certain these new builders know pretty much nothing um, in regards to the construction industry. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. There's budgeting, there's planning, there's permissions needed, so on and so forth. So um, yeah, that's why we brought you in to kind of use your knowledge and share and give these guys a little bit of what you know. Well, um, just re- there's, there's so many different choices out there. Like new builds, I would say to anybody who's going to, build the house themselves mm-hmm. applying direct labor or even a contractor yeah it is not for the faint-hearted because simply you've got to be tough with contractors uh, subcontractors and there's a lot of work there's a lot, a lot of, work of work involved it, in this. it's great saying you know it's it's, it's it could be exciting at first all starting off but there's p- people out there that will con you try and, and do you and over you, you get it i also that there should be a program done for both sides i mean the clients from hell as well as the builders from hell <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Uh, it's just that it is not for the faint-hearted. I and mean, when you're starting out first, uh, a new build, of course, location is everything. Um, so, so you're saying location is everything. Yeah, of course. That is probably in both regards. When when building a new house completely from scratch, um, obviously you got to find the right land. And um, I know it's not just as straightforward as that because you can buy land. But is there some specific kind of laws in regards to planning? Like I've heard before people speaking about that you need to be within a certain circumference of where you're from. To um, so you can be given permission for for planning, or is that kind of hearsay? Is no, that, no, have you ever heard of that before? Every every area is different. Uh, you have to go to the planning office of your local place to see what exactly. So each each individual place or town would have yeah, their own would have own yeah. planning office. Really, completely separate. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. Now yeah. I thought it was just kind of. So for example, we're here living in Galway. I thought that in order for us to get planning or somebody to get planning, they'd have to go and speak to the Galway council. And this this isn't the case, is it? Well. If Galway Council is in your area or Galway County Council, mm-hmm. they're the first ones I would go to. Uh, because say, for example, someone is sell, uh, selling you a site yeah, and the site uh, or oh, subject to planning permission. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. despite what the seller is telling you, you need to go to the, get the folio number of the property, go to the local county council, ask them, well, what are the chances are that we get actually planning that here? That you get approved for the approved plan. There, yeah. So. When you say subject to planning, meaning so you can buy the land, but unless you're actually, you still don't know at that stage whether no. or not you will be approved for planning permission exactly. in that area. Exactly. So, so I guess what would be some of the reasons that you wouldn't be given planning permission in a specific area? Well, see, the council also would also have, um, they have all in, in, in their records as well, any 
Things like, in other words, if there was going to be a planned motorway going mm-hmm. right through around that the, a, that the council might know of, but yeah, we may certainly we may not. You may not know, or yeah. the or the seller you know, in his intent to sell it to you may not tell you. Yes, you know, uh, it could be five years, could be ten years. You know, there could be protected species of something in, in that area. It could be a lot of different reasons could, that you that might not work get approved for planning. exactly. You know? um, so that's what you mean when you say you got to be. Excuse me, you got to be careful. You got to research you actually, but you got to do your research. You got to do your due yeah. diligence and the research part before you actually yeah. go spending money. On and it. it's, it's also like worth the person when they're when they're buying, for example, a new property. Don't expect the lawyer or the solicitor if they go down that road to know everything. You know that you, just going down to the local place, local bar, whatever the case may be. Find out what is going on here. Is anything planned you don't know about? Are they going to put, it may not impact on the actual planning application, mm-hmm. but you would be too happy if they're putting a nuclear plant two miles down the road. Of course, and you, you didn't know, know about it because <laughs> you're not, for number one, you're not from the area. And num- so therefore you wouldn't have any sort of inclination at all whether not there's going to be anything going to be put no. in there. And there'd be no obligation on the planning uh, <clears throat> officer of the council to tell you that. They're only, uh, they're focusing on, what you're, on your specific questions. You know? Yeah. So, so they won't necessarily tell you why you shouldn't buy because at the end of the day, the money is going into their pockets. Exactly. And they make the money. So they're, they're, there's no obligation to them. But... City-wise, town-wise, you know, mm. especially in the country areas, things happen. They could be putting up a wind farm. Well, you know, you, you might embrace a wind farm, but yeah. you might like it, you know, three fields away, even though it won't impact it. And you're getting a planning mission, mm. you don't want it three, four fields away. Yeah, you well, know, of so course. Yeah. There's all these little things that's, that's going on. There could be a quarry nearby. They're going to reopen. It might be dormant for years. Well, that's the last thing you want, you know, yeah. a cluster of dust so, every day. So how would yeah. you suggest, how would we, as people who don't really know anything, so... If, all right, I've decided I want to move to a specific area, wherever that area may be. Mm-hmm. How how would I actually go about finding that sort of information? So look at I know it's a very broad question. There could be you could speak to the local people. Like, but if you were to buy in an area that you didn't know of, mm-hmm. let's just use you as an example because you've had many properties before. What? How, how would you do your due diligence? What would? What would? What, how would you go checking it out? How would you find out well, what you need to find out? If, if for example, um, if I was know nothing about an area, mm-hmm. I'd probably get a and b there for a couple of weeks. If I was really intent to buying something, a big investment, I mean... It's a, a huge car- investment to buy, buy a new land, especially if you're starting from scratch and you're, mm-hmm. um, like you said, if you're going in and you're buying a new land, you've got to make sure you know everything about what's going yeah. on. They um, say a car is your second biggest investment, a brand new car. Well, your house is your first yeah, biggest and last investment there is. And you have to get it right. Yeah. You don't want to pig in a poke, you know. And these things, I feel you have to, you have to kind of blend into the area for a week or so. Yeah. You know, and it's well worth it. You might say, oh, it costs me a lot of money. But the investment you're going to put in could put a rock around your neck that you can't get out of. Yeah. So it's worth your while. The local business in the area will even know more than the locals because it's in their interest in what's coming down the tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, There's always hints of something, you know, uh, something good or big is happening. Like Vinaldi is moving in or McDonald's is going to tell you they're expecting foot, traf- foot traffic. Why are they expecting it? So we need to find out why Why? Mm-hmm. why there must be something new going up in the area. Like, like you know? new, new, yeah, and new yeah. roads even coming. Money would have a big impact on on, yeah. on not only the price of the land you're about to buy, but also the the, the value thereafter the road has been put in. So yeah. um, there's so many different things you have to think of, really, the, isn't it? The, the other thing too that uh, we just spoke before we started the podcast, um, the, this idea the neighbours from hell. You know, like uh, I was looking at a site in my column about 20 years ago, and this man uh, who's who bought a site in that area mm-hmm. uh, told me this other guy gave, gave offered him more money. 
then that's three times more money for a part of that site that he actually paid for the entire site. Three times more money. And I said to him, well, why didn't you... He offered the, the guy selling three yeah, times more money than For what? a portion, a third of what he had. Three and times more than, than, than the, no, the... He offered the guy three times more money than what the man paid for the entire site. Whoa, why? And for he, what he, reason? He was only buying a portion of it so he could actually build a house on it. About five acres of land. And I said to him, why Why didn't you sell it? You, you offered great money. Happy days. He said, I didn't like him. So, so he, 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 picked up he, something. Didn't, he didn't sell the land to him because he didn't, he didn't like, like the him. individual as a person. Yeah. He said it was, it was great money. I couldn't believe it. But then I had to say to myself, I could be stuck with this guy for the next 25 years. It's a very important point. And that was in a rural area. So yeah. again, when you're buying in the town area or, you know, condensed area people, you have to know, are you moving in? with the neighbor from hell yeah yeah, yeah. That that's a very good point actually a lot of people wouldn't think of that when they're when they're buying a house or when they decide to move into a new area yeah you got to think about who your neighbor is going to be because <laughs> you have to it's everything all, all good and well and buying the perfect plot of land and yeah. everything runs smoothly you get your plan in you build your house and you have a beautiful house but then all of a sudden six months later or after you've initially moved mm -hmm. in you realize the guy that I'm living next door to is an absolute pain and I'm going to have to put up with this guy for the rest of my life. And this guy was talking about him that if he'd, if he'd actually bought the property, he was still a good half field away. But can you imagine buying a terrace house or even a semi-detached house? Yeah, and, and, right next, and you're next door. Now then. you're right beside this terror. You know? Yeah, that's madness. <laughs> that's one thing that people actually don't ever really look at. Like, that's yeah. funny you say that because I never even thought of that as I was, as I was coming up. Yeah. They're talking about this 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 episode. So, um, yeah, that, that's great. Um. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing too, that when people, I, I watch people and when I was buying and selling property, I've watched people say, oh, I don't think I'll buy that because I don't like the, the wall. Or the, I don't like that wall there. And I, I don't like the color of the room. And, and these are all minor, ridiculous things, things that can easily be changed. You know, yeah. A wall can be knocked down, a window can be moved. Yeah. You know? So people's got to focus on, again, what has the area got to offer for itself? Yeah, you know? yeah. But that, that, that's great advice for people that plan on mine into an old house that is already kind of existing and renovating. Yeah. That'd be huge. Like, yeah. don't worry about the small little niggly bits, like the, the, the location and who's who you're surrounded by in that is um, yeah. is the main reason and probably one of the most important reasons you need to think of and moving if you, forward. If you think about it, when a person goes in for a public place, like a restaurant or a bar, they judge it not necessarily in the pint of Guinness so they're, they're going to have, they're going to judge it on the toilets and the decor of the place. The yeah. same with the house. It's the first thing a person was going to look at first, what impresses them first, mm -hmm. what, and the last impression would be if it was a good kitchen or a good bathroom. Yeah, you I know? think they're, they're very good points. I think that, um, like I said, you have a wealth of knowledge. You've been in construction for 40 years. You've had many property invest. You've invested in a lot of properties overseas mm -hmm. and here in Ireland. Um, would love to probably get you back here again for another time to talk about renovations because I think that is an, it's is his own episode um, yes. because there's so much more like it, new builds and renovations are, are although they're in the same kind of category they're they're in themselves completely different in a yes. sense um, because you approach things differently and there's certain different things you got to look out for as opposed to when you're building a new house and there might be different types of but definitely would would look forward at um, mm -hmm. doing that type of thing so right so let's get down to a new build. Um, okay, so you've found, where would people, first of all, if they haven't been, if land hasn't been, if they haven't inherited land by mm -hmm. somebody, mm -hmm. um, how would you go about finding, where would you look to find this land as opposed, like where, where would you find land for sale that you would be possibly interested in moving into? Well, the first thing you're going to be looking for to, to give you that, I suppose, a peace of mind that you're actually going to get planned permission 
you you go for a piece of property that's outline plan of permission. What is what does outline plan of permission mean? It means mean? that generally it's a kind of like a general approval. Okay. There should be no problem based on the the, the plans. So, but how do you know that this um, has outline plan and approval before you buy the land or before you buy the land? Yeah. So, should, so what happens? Walk me through the process. He he should have the the outline uh, approval already. Okay. If, so where does he get this from, though? He would have got that from the council. So okay, yeah. so I've decided to move into some area. Um, I'm thinking about moving into whatever area I'm trying yeah. to move into. I go and see the local council and tell them that I'm thinking about buying land in the area because I want to build. Yeah, and and they're going to ask, well, does it have any permission? Well, outline planning permission gives you almost a general consent that you are going to get planning permission. Okay, and that comes from the council. It comes from the council. So does that, do we, does that need to be paid for? Do you need to get somebody... No, no. Well, you'll only buy the land that's already with it, I would okay, say. Okay, I see, now, I see, I see. Now, for example, if a guy says to you, oh, uh, we're selling you this piece of land with planning permission, well, that's with planning permission for the plans that he's got, mm -hmm. which may not necessarily suit you. Okay, so if somebody yeah. says, all right, I can sell you this land which already has planning permission... Although it sounds great, yeah, you might it only means that they have planned and permission for what they had planned to do with the land, exactly. not what you have planned. So yeah. it might not, it might be irrelevant because. But, but, but at least we could say it still is essentially outlined planning permission. Okay. Like you, you might build a big Swedish type or German hoof house, but uh, the, the planning permission might be for some old traditional type I of see house, what you're which will not keep you happy. So you have to start the entire process again. You've got your, you've essentially got your planning permission. If you're gonna if you're to, if you're gonna put a different type of house based. Okay, so you have to start um, again. Look, at, I'm gonna, although I've been involved in the construction probably for 12, 13 years or so, and in different aspects, like like I mentioned before, when I was 16, you employed me to do a little bit of block laying with you. Yeah. Um, from there, I've done a bit of carpentry. I've kind of done a few different areas. But in regards to buying houses and looking for land and permissions and all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't really know anything about, which is good in a sense because I can kind of get across the questions that a lot of people who were about to enter this journey or buy a new house may mm. be in the same position as me. Um, I, I just, this is what, say for example, you, you're, you're looking at your first, oh, this looks great, this is a site. Well, it might just appear uh, as a drawing, you know, or just a line on a map, you know, but you've got to, you've got to look at the, the lie of that particular site. Uh, does, does it have uh, heavy flooding there at any time? Yeah. Is there a big dip at the back? How much, like you're talking about two, three, four hundred euros per load of gravel just to build something up. To build it up. up not so, even, so, and then it's a completely different scenario completely, if you have to remove it. Suddenly, you, you, you might be getting, you might lose 30 to 40, 50,000 before you even get to break ground. Wow. You know, it's a very, very important so point. So people don't think about that. Just not, see, this is, these are the hidden costs that yeah. many people don't really know about. So, Cool. I found somewhere where I really like, and I think it's going to be great where we can buy yeah. this land. But what is actually involved in preparing the land before you even break ground to start building the actual house? See, some people want to see the land. They might see a fall in the land. Mm -hmm. Oh, that looks cute because it's got grass and might have a few horses in it. It looks great. Yeah. But they're thinking more of the visual. Well, how about the building now? You've got to get that hump or that, that truck of the land over. Yeah. There's another thing at play. Where's the nearest uh, uh, phone lines? Where's the nearest, uh, no, but four, we don't need so much phone lines today, but electricity poles, uh, the water. Where is the water? You know, how far away is that? Because for every meter the, the water company has to get to your house, it's going to charge you more money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so it's good. Exactly. Yeah. The further away from these services you are, the more money it's going to cost to get in. There was one recent case in, in the newspapers. A man had built this big fancy house, but, the, but he used up all his money to get the house up and running. But now the problem was the water company said they need 56,000 euros to connect 
the thing because wow. it was so far away from the actual mains. Something he'd never budgeted. So he so he bought the land, built it up. He built the house. Never never into his head. It was too late to connect the water. How much uh, it's going to cost him for the for the mains to be connected? And he got a price fifty six fifty six thousand to bring water service to his house. To his house. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of money. And the other thing too that for insurance purposes. And this applies not only just to new new bills. A lot of stuff we're talking about here is crossover. Uh, crossover to, 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 to any sort of any house, kind whether of it's building, renovate, you know, any building at all, yeah. If you're getting anybody in to do your house, mm-hmm. they have to be licensed. They have to be a licensed plumber, a licensed electrician. Okay. And the reason for that is if you come along later on looking for insurance, something burns down or something breaks, and it's in the insurance uh, policy companies themselves, the insurance companies, they, they don't care if you don't tell them uh, everything. Yeah. So it's all the better if you don't because yeah. they can get you later on because you didn't tell them. Exactly. And they're expecting in the small print, which a lot of people don't read anyway, but they should read, they're, they're going to say, uh, you know, in, in regards to a claim, you have to have had licensed work, licensed electricians, licensed plumbers. I mean, even if you move a switch, even an existing building, right, and everything is good, you've got all your licenses, and since suddenly two years down the road, you decide to move a switch. Well, you better get a licensed electrician because really? can, that can actually null and void your entire policy. So, so even if we have a full, the house is fully built, you've already been living in there, and six months down the line, you decide, right, I'd like a plug socket over on this side yeah. of my house as opposed to this one for whatever yeah. reason that may be. Mm-hmm. If you don't bring in a licensed electrician to move that for you, and something happens to your house later down the line, a fire, like a fire breaks out or whatever mm-hmm. happens. You're not covered by the insurance because you weren't didn't have a licensed contractor yes. to do the job because you decided to do it yourself or get Tommy down the road to do it. You know, and this is the this is the thing people do don't pay attention to because, yeah. as you said, it's the small fine print where mm-hmm. the insurers write it so that you don't. Yeah, it's not initially jumping out at you to read. Yeah, so they can therefore catch you later down the line. And the reason for these, like we're going, we're doing a broad speak here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can we can you know narrow all these things down later on, but. I was doing claims for people trying to get their their insurance sorted out, and they they couldn't believe that. Well, hang on, the pipes outside the house was actually insured, but the pipes inside the house were not. So there's people don't realize this until there's something so many, really happens. Yeah, there's so many little intricacies yeah. involved. And, that, and it and it looks like you're covered, but what I was covered. Well, you break it down. Were you actually covered? Yeah. And they're the things that's going to catch you out later on. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is great that we're like, as you said, this is kind of a broad kind of conversation to kind of get an understanding of where it is, what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. And we break it down kind of further for the people listening as we go further into it. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of stuff, whether they're contract or insurers, contractors, like, and they're all licensed professionals. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, while yes, you'd like to think that most people are in good people and they're doing it for the good. There is a lot of people out there that also We'll try and shaft you for just for that extra few bit of bit of money. And the other thing you, Andrew, let's say let's let's say for a guy walks in the door and you say, yeah, "I need electrician, mm-hmm. and you need a plumber, or whatever the case may be." And off he comes in the door, right? And he's walking away there, and hang on, he just falls off the ladder. Yeah, so I'm so new here. Look, uh, I'm after breaking my leg, and I'm going to sue in the house. But but you you supposed to have insurance? Well, not under the law. You never asked me for insurance. You just presumed I had it, but someone going after you. Where's your homeowner's insurance, right? And if you don't have a homeowner insurance, you could be even bigger trouble. The point is, you have to seek credentials, credentials of their own insurance. We're going to let them in the door, otherwise, it's going to impact in your insurance. You know, mm-hmm. people don't think of these things until it's all too late. Exactly. You know? So all these things are very, very important. Because it's something you never think is going to happen, and never then all of a sudden it. it does happen, and then all of a sudden 
They're saying, well, I wasn't insured. Where's your home insurance? And now all of a sudden, they have you in court for yeah. something that has nothing got to do with you. It may never happen. But if, if the thing is, if somebody comes into your property to do work, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the fellow delivering coal to you, right? Yeah. Good chance he has no, he's no insurance, right? Yeah. But if he falls down in your driveway because a curb was kicked out of whack, right? Then he said, well, I'm going to go after you. And they can bring yeah. it to it. And, and, they, they, and you they, don't they, have a leg to stand on. They can actually do Literally. it. Literally. So if, if you, but if you ask to see the policy, now it's fine seeing the policy. We live mm-hmm. in a world of technology. You could print out any kind of policy from home computer yeah. if, you, if you know how to do graphics and stuff. Right? So it's important that not only does he hand you the policy, that you follow it up to check out that this is actually a policy. Real and f- yeah, and you legit. Because yeah, I've yeah. Uh, one time a guy, uh, I want to get a subcontractor to do a job. He sent me on the end part of, of his, his contract assert. I couldn't see the whole number, yeah. but he was going to hope that I presumed that everything was legit. But I said, no, send me the entire photograph. I need to see the top of that so I can text with revenue, or so I can check with revenue. Check it out. I never heard from him again. Because it was fake, obviously. It was fake. Yeah. Something he made up. You know? But it looked good in the computer. At least the half piece yeah. he, he, uh, he, he gave me. You know? So there's all these little things you have so to So things to look of. out for. Things, to, things look to look out for because like you said, most people aren't aware of these things and unless you have experience in the industry, you're not going to be aware of these things and these things will slip by without you knowing and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're knee deep and, and, it's, and you it's don't have to stand yeah. That's and, cool. And it's just one thing too. Let's say, let's say for example, if, if talking about the builder, uh, let's say he goes in there, right? Yeah. And he has the client from hell. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, if he fixes something on the wall, Right. And the clients are not paying you for whatever reason. Okay, well, he can't take that thing off the wall because now it's a fixed item. Yeah. So he's out of pocket for whatever he hung on the wall, like radiators, doors, all that kind of stuff. You know. So again, it's in the fine print for both. Mm-hmm. Make sure that that you can stand, you can get standardized stuff online for for all these kind of contractor forms. Yeah. But it's important as much for the builder because how many builders goes in and and he finds out. The person, the, the the client is actually intending to, to do him, not the other yeah. way around. Yeah. So everybody, do your due diligence. Everybody. Whether you're a contractor looking to go in and do work for the client or you're a client looking for contractors to do the work for you, yeah. you've got to put in the research. And no gray areas. And, and no gray areas. And that includes for, from planning to contractors all the way down the line. Make sure everything is clear. Don't presume it's going to be okay. It never works. You know? it, but this should all be definitively lined out on a contract um, sh- this should be done through to legal. So, should, do you have a solicitor to go through this stuff with you, or let's, lo- let's- lo- 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 when I say a solicitor, right? A lot of it is common sense. I'm I'm very much myself against people getting solicitors or lawyers. You know to call them because that is just common sense. It's, yeah, but I, I will say it's common sense to maybe to someone like you because you have so much experience in the industry. Now, I I don't. What I mean is common sense is common sense, but common sense in the construction world is a different kind of common sense so unless you've actually been in, involved in the construction industry and um, you're this won't really be common sense to most people if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um so but valid valid points um, like i said this is great to get in a kind of an overall this kind of just took a tangent and went in his own direction talking mm-hmm. about but um it's great it's good um what do you think of our podcast room it's pretty, oh, pretty, it's, pretty rare. Uh, pretty very, bare. very impressed. So, so for uh, the people listening, this is our um, first podcast, obviously, and um, we have a table, two mics, a recorder, and a camera, and a camera guy over here. Um, so we're slowly progressing. So the plan is to literally, as you know, this is our first podcast. It's the first podcast I've ever done. I don't know. Have you ever been involved in the podcast before? No. So we're all newbies, but I mean, yeah, you got to try things out. Otherwise, you you never figure it out. Mm. But um, 
I mean, yeah. it, it's also, the, you know, the, the other thing you were just talking about building is finished. I guess I forget to say this. Uh, because people can't afford new homes anymore as much, mm-hmm. you know, and renovation is, is the thing. I mean, is there a reason to move when you can actually extend what you already have? Mm-hmm. You know? Because actually uh, now that you say it, because I know you're actually allowed to build up to 40 square meters without needing any planning. Is that-, but that, that, that may restrict your, your design ideas. You know, okay. and you may reduce your space too much just trying to get the, the, the bigger extension or vice versa. So I think it's always important. That's not really a saving. If you get a thing drawn up that you like, uh, and I always put a great emphasis uh, like Jeremy Bannon does. Yeah. I totally agree with his design ideas that em- emphasis on life, you know. Mm-hmm. So just because I'm going to get around the planning and get what I want, you, you won't really get what you want. So it, you get a one-shot deal. You're going to be looking at something, an extension, renovation, a new kitchen for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, and it's important that you get it right. Yeah, you need you to know? do, like you said, put in the time in the beginning, yeah. however long it takes to make sure everything's correct before you actually move forward and start paying yeah. money. So... <laughs> to get pleasure visually what you're seeing like you know like uh, for, like whether you do a garden a new kitchen whatever the case may be that this is you're going to be this is going to be your workspace yeah. you know uh, especially within the kitchen area uh, it has to work for you but it has to work visually as well you know because it has people, to be aesthetically pleasing it has yes. to be pleasing to the eye because you're going to spend well not all of your time but I mean a Most lot of your, of your time, time is going to be spent because living rooms are now the kitchen yeah. you know, and they always were the kitchen mm-hmm. I mean there was there was an old fashioned idea one time they, they used to separate these rooms yeah. but that's ridiculous it's it's an open plan kitchen area that incorporates the living room yeah. you know once you get that right you know and you, you plan it so it becomes not only not your space or the visitor space it becomes your place to rest and nobody's gone home yeah have you noticed a difference in layout of houses nowadays So so what it used to be Obviously, like you said, the, the kitchen and living room are now more open plan. Everything's got open plan. Yeah. Everybody, a lot of people are spending time in there. Whereas before, the kitchen was a very small unit. You went in there and you cooked your meals, and and that was all it was ever used for. Yeah. Whereas now everything's kind of open. Everything Have you open noticed plan. a trend for along the, the way Ch- for the better? For much for the better. I mean, all ideas of, of uh, doing out a house were just they look they look almost like. Uh, medieval by today's standards yeah. and, it's, and it's happened so quick you yeah know? and it's like all these new uh you know grand design programs for example Dermot Pan yeah give us his irish version but there's so many more of these coming on board because at the end of the day you can what are you walking for you want to come home to a nice house mm-hmm. you don't seem chopped up you, you have to have a community spirit you've got children running around yeah but they go off and eventually but you still have to this visual resting place it becomes everything your kitchen now incorporates your computer your living area your lounge your television all the mod cons are in it you know but it becomes everything and as yeah. you as, as you you get many if you get planet right and do everything with it and get a good designer in to help you along the way you have something for life. You know? um, self-builds have started to become really big now. I don't know if you kind of noticed the trend, but you see a lot of people now are starting to take these journeys on themselves. In your experience, obviously with you being a building contractor, um, you know there's some good contractors out there that do right by you, but there's also contractors out there that don't do so right by you and are mm-hmm. just in it to make as much money as they can. For the normal person who doesn't really have any experience in building or construction, would you suggest that they go along and hire a contractor to do the, fu- the builder to do the full job for them, or like what are your thoughts? It all co- it all comes down to budget. Yeah. Right? So let's talk about budgeting for a minute. Now, an, I know an average builder is going to charge you fifteen grand, roughly, uh, over <clears throat> above what you you're going to do direct labor. An average builder, yeah. building contractor, will charge you fifteen thousand over. Over, yeah. Just so he can make profit for himself over than you doing it yourself. Okay. Direct labor, you know. But it can be done direct labor. 
but you will need some kind of an engineer in the background. Unless you've got a strong personality, and that's no offense to the ones. In other words, if you're a shy type of person. The people yeah, take advantage take of you. Take advantage of you and you're a nice person, you know. The, the, so if, if that's not your cup of tea, you know, if, if, you, got, if you haven't even got the time to do it, but I've just get an engineer, work out a fee. Yeah. I always say, don't get three quotes, get four quotes for everything you do, yeah. including the engineer's fee, you know, and let him run it. And probably have them written down, as, as you said, before you go signing any contract. So, so there's two ways you can approach this, right? We're on a new build. You can hire a builder, building contractor to come in and do it for you, who is automatically going to charge 15, if not 20,000 euros above. That's just, and that's just for an extension. And that's just for an extension. Yeah, so that's you, not even for a if new build. Because a new build has gone much higher. So let's talk about, because we're on the topic of new builds, let's talk about a new build here. So I want to hire a building contractor to come in and do and run my project from start to finish. He's going to be looking for about 50,000. 50,000. Yeah. Or in there, thereabouts, depending yeah. on the size of the project and whatever sort yeah. of complexities yeah, are yeah, involved. General, a lot of averages about 50,000. About 50,000. Yeah. So that's automatically an extra cost of 50,000. Yeah. So... What's the alternative? Well, just go back to something about the 50,000. Most people who are, who are building, you know, especially uh, a new house, they're borrowing. So yes. that, that 50,000 with the interest rates over a period of time, you're talking about 150 to 200,000, whatever interest rates. Exactly, because exactly. the mortgage is generally yeah. in a 30-year period. And so I always say, do what you can afford. It's fine to borrow, borrow within budget. But I like if someone said to me, Look, we're going to, I'm going to building a brand new house. I've got I've all got my planning consents in, in place. I got everything now. Well, so I said, well, try and reduce the loan you took on the the land first. Get that down as much how, as you how can. How would you do that? Now, like see, let's say he borrowed fifty grand or seventy grand for the for the just to to get the for the, the, land. the land right. Yeah, seventy. Said, let's call it fifty thousand for yeah. to make I it said, easy. Don't be running off and, and getting another big mortgage on top of that. Try and chop that down a bit, right? To at least management levels. Then the first thing I would say: do your groundwork first, right? So yeah, so let's kind of get into determining the budget. Let's kind of have a broad idea. How if how could the everyday person kind of plan this out like we know you're never going to get it exactly right because there's hidden mm -hmm. costs and there's some things mm -hmm. you get charged for and some things cost more than what you originally thought they were going to cost so you're saying we buy a house for fifty thousand or land sorry not not a house but we buy land for fifty thousand next step is to get the ground so what's the next step we have the land bought okay i'm just after buying the land we have an outlined plan of permission given what do we do? What do I do next? You get, you get your, your, your raft down, which is your concrete base, all your pipe work in, get all that done around the place, right? Septic tank in, all that. So now you... So, okay, so you get the, you do the grounds work, you, yeah. you do all the digging for the foundation, you do yeah. all the digging for the septic tank. Yeah. And... and get your, 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 your base poured and stop. Okay. So how can I... And the, like, because the other reality here, like for example, I just heard this morning in the radio that rents have just exceeded... 2,000 euros a month. On average. On average in yeah, Dublin. it's right? gone crazy. And it's not going to get any, not going to get any better, mm -hmm. you know. So it's important that people think outside the box. Yeah. You know, like uh, even in Galway here, I see that um, uh, this was just this week, there was a tree bed in Nottingham. They looking for 1,650 and got it, 1,650. Per now, month. Per month. If you're a young couple starting out and you have to part with 1,650 euros on that table before you eat a sausage. I mean that is heartbreaking. Yeah, how it's are a lot gonna, of money. How are you going to get you going to get out, a lot out of, of that one, right? So you think outside the box. I mean, I, I said to someone recently, if I just do this all over again, 
I'd buy a big fucking carve and stick it on the site and I'd yeah. start that way. You know, so you have to go within budget. Something yeah. that you 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 just we had to be more creative mm-hmm. because it's it's flying out of the hands yeah. of the of the average person getting on the house ladder. Here's that's funny yeah. how you brought that up, get a caravan living on the site. So my brother is actually in the process of of starting a new build down in Ballina, actually in County Mayo. Mm-hmm. And um he has a wife and he's got two kids. And his original idea was obviously he wanted to buy the land and get a nice not a car- it's not a caravan mm-hmm. that like people think it is like it's actually mm. a proper full-on mobile home yeah. where it's got beds and a kitchen and he wanted to move in there for 12 months or so so as you as you were trying to say so they could start kind of deflating the money that's already owed pay a little bit mm-hmm. of that off and get it manageable so that they could then move on to the next stage mm-hmm. but the problem was the missus was having none of it because who who like i can understand because mm-hmm. living in a mobile home on a land with two kids and like it, it'd be difficult, wouldn't it? It, w- it would be difficult. But look, look at the alternative. That how are you ever going to rise up to the next level? You're going to be paying out dead rent. Yeah, and it depends. Of course, it depends on which rent you're actually paying. Because you if still you, have to pay the rent while that building is going on. Because you yeah. have to live somewhere. Yeah, and you can buy a lot of caravan for like you. You can get a, a great caravan today for ten, fifteen thousand. Yeah. yeah, and the beauty about it is you actually sell that caravan at the very end of it when, when your build is over. So you, you be getting without a loss, without a loss. Money back. Yeah, yeah. It's so there's a lot of things you can you can do that you can reuse. You know, so mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things there that they can go uh, for the person that's trying to start out again. Yeah. Because I don't, I didn't, I have to admit, I did not even see this. And as a landlord, this this plays into me. Mm-hmm. But I did not realize this crisis that regarding rent was going to get as bad as it is. And it's certainly, by the look of it, it's going to get a whole lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse and, in your opinion. And people, I'm advocating breaking the law, but nothing would stop me putting the caravan aside. And I couldn't care what the council said to me, because if I know where else to go and I can't afford the rent, what choice do I have? You have no I'm choice. I'm going to buy yeah. this piece of land here. I've got my plan. I'm going to start building. That's how you will Well, go. certainly, if you plan on, if you want to get your own house, well, that's what you, I mean, you have to do what you have to do, don't you? You have to do it. Um, it's a, and it's, it's, it's one little crisis that has been ignored, even if we're going off on something else and here entirely different but it was government policy they ignored uh, during the early days of the state there was no problem building thousands of social housing every year 20, 30, 40,000 they suddenly stopped when this so-called Celtic tiger which is more like a Celtic pussycat mm-hmm. they actually started and look what happened every it took their eye off the ball and now we have a serious fucking uh, housing crisis yeah, the HAP issue. scheme which whatever, whatever it was five, six, seven years ago cost about 350,000 for the entire year it's about 43 million a year now. Yeah, it's and rising Simply because the government forgot all about, about social housing and people have to live somewhere. Whether yeah. we like, like it, lump it, love it, this is a crisis that won't go away. So people have to start thinking seriously outside the box, trying to get on that property ladder whatever way they can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I hope your brother can stick with it because there is no other choice. Well, of course. Yeah, you've got to do what you got to do. So um, yeah. I've just bought my land. Okay. Right. What do I do? I have my land bought and I have, I'm now in the process of getting it ready for the foundation to be poured. I take it you've already picked the the plan you want. Yeah, the plan plan has now been approved. Okay, okay. Nice. So from that point, the first thing you do to get get an idea of cost, which should be done even before, I think your idea of cost should be already It should be kind of budgeted before you even get the planning permission, shouldn't it? Because you want to know, can I afford this type of house? Can I afford that type of house? So how would you go about how would you go about budgeting? And and I know we've already spoken saying you can't get it to an exact, but you can try and get it to in and around a ballpark figure of what it is you plan. Like I mean, obviously you have a certain budget to get the house built. 
Mm-hmm. So, so how do you plan the budget? How do you go about it? Well, the contest server is going to tell you roughly how much all these materials are going to cost and how much the contractors are generally going to cost you. Okay, right? so my, I have my planning. Um, I have my planning. I now take the plan to a quantity surveyor and he's yeah. going to give me an idea, idea of what every, the materials are going to cost. cost. Yeah. So once you've, once you've put that down pat, see where this is all going to go. Are you going to draw all your money down to the bank first or as you go along, right? Mm-hmm. But normally the bank will not be charging how much you you you, you draw down. Yeah. Right? But again, I always emphasize depends on what can you do. Can you afford to continue renting, right? Mm-hmm. Should you invest in, you know, say, a luxury type caravan? There's plenty of uh, offers out there. Move it onto the site. Your service is now attached. You've got running water, electricity. Not a bad idea at all, right? And then do it as you go along. So it depends. Everybody's got... So many different types of budgets. So many different variables. Yeah. So let's, sorry again, sorry, I don't mean to cut you out there. Yeah. Let's talk about getting services to the site because I know that was one subject that I had, um, I, we touched on briefly, but uh, mm-hmm. so what are the, I'm going to need electric, obviously. Electric is a must because we need electric mm-hmm. on the site in order for the building to commence. And number two is water. Well, that should have been pre-figured out or pre-budgeted before you start building. The engineer should be able to tell you, give or take, you know, this is going to cost you X amount or even call your local water authority yeah. uh, so many meters away. How much is that going to cost me? And again, the ESB should be able to tell you exactly how many poles you need. If if, if, if there's a pole on the site, happy days, you know. Yeah. It's not always the case. So these things have to be figured out first mm-hmm. rather than coming like this man I told you about earlier on. Coming at the very end, he finds out, oh, hang on, another 56 grand or something. 56 grand to pay because he never looked into it <laughs> at the beginning. He's well, focused too much on one area. I don't yeah. understand how the house could have went forward and been built without having any water in it. I mean, what about the guys who were doing the, like the concrete raft, for example? There would have been water needed for the concrete. He would have probably just ran the past somebody. I never even thought any more of it, you know. So he took a hose from the neighbor, probably. From the neighbor. I ran a barrel, just collected water barrels or some other kind of thing. Yeah. Just never thinking, oh, it'll cost me the same as it. Most people, it cost about three grand. This guy was not thinking. The the the, the water supply was too, too far away. He never even thought wow, of it. Wow, 57,000 know? just to get yeah. water to the site. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Because now that I'm thinking of it, yeah, water is actually a pretty prominent, you're going to need it. I mean, first of all, you're going to need it for the, found, well, no, not necessarily the raft or the foundation because that kind of comes in trucks, doesn't yeah. it? So you won't necessarily need it for that, but you're certainly going to need water for the block lane block part lane, of it. Yeah, you're certainly going to need water for the plastering. Yeah, all these like things. Like these are, these are a must and these will be ongoing on a daily basis until yeah. the actual whole structure of the, yeah. of the house is up. See, people get too focused into one thing until it's too late, but cost is the huge issue. I mean, there's no point in, you know, you have to know the bigger the house, the more grandiose, the more money it's going to cost. You yeah. know? Glass costs money. It's a huge cost. The more glass you put, but it's, to me, it's a cost if it could be afforded at all. Well worth it. It gives a bright, airy house. You know? yeah. Design. Do you need all these walls? You know, like uh, open plan is actually less cost because you, you have less walls to fake and Less for the build and plaster and, so, and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, less labor, less materials. And, and I've noticed one thing about here in Ireland, whether it's kind of almost like um, an Irish thing, but I see people go off, finish their houses, great job. And the one thing they all see to fall down on is finishing off the outside. There's some rough gravel on it. I'm dragging in stones into a lovely tile floor mm-hmm. or, or wooden floor, destroying it over actually, the years. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that you mention it, you often see houses built and people moved in and probably the inside of the house is beautiful, yeah. full spec, fully finished with painted and yeah. curtains and walls and the whole shebang. And then outside is just chippings and stone and old yeah. dr- old driveways that haven't been completed haven't been completed and you've heard the story where you would see uh, two BMWs in the driveway uh, but they've got no freaking food in the tail because they yeah. can't afford the mortgage 
Or, or they can't even afford it. I wonder, the is this a thing? Yeah. I, because as I said, it seems to be a common thing that people moved into their houses before they also all done inside and everything. The house is finished, but the surrounding areas and the garden and the driveway is no not there. Left. No I wonder, left. do people actually take this into consideration yeah. at the beginning of a build? Yeah. Or is it kind of one of them things that's thought about afterwards? I suppose it's, it varies, I suppose, wouldn't it? It's like a car registration. You've got bragging rights, you know, like I've got the 019 because it's designed that way to make people buy new cars, you know, because it's, it's I call it the fragile ego. Yeah. But you get the, the bragging rights of a bigger house. With the problem with a bigger house, kids grow up and go away. So you left with this big, huge house and you might fall out with the wife and you have to be shouting down the freaking road with a, a loudspeaker. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, people have got to think within reason and how life changes and cycles as they go through it. You know? Yeah. So... To me, small is beautiful, but you can make the, the smaller house really feel airy and, and bright by simply open plan type living right? and plenty of, of light. So plenty of light. And it makes sense. Um, open plan living because it's going to be cheaper to build a house. Mm -hmm. I mean, less labor, less materials equals less cost. And in regards to lighting, you're saying big windows, um, possibly skylight windows. Is more natural like getting into the house, therefore less money has been spent on synthetic lighting. Yes. Um, electricity is cheaper. Good point. So, too. And, um, and glass heats helps heat the house. And glass the also day. helps heat the house. It keeps yeah. it in. Because yeah. it magnifies what it magnifies the heat exactly. from, from the sun. Yeah. So there's actually quite a lot of pros to having windows. Like I've said this before on um across on our on our social media, um, that natural lighting is always a good thing to have. The more natural lighting in the house, the better. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel better yeah. Um, yeah. because when we're exposed to to natural sunlight, that we get them endorphins released in our brain, which makes us happy. Yeah. And while this is all very scientific, it's actually a true fact. Mm -hmm. The more you spend in natural daylight, the happier you are, and it betters oh, your mood. Absolutely. Um, and I did like if you if you can't afford the big house, and you all you always go for the courtyard effect, you know, which which we done. I yeah. Know the um, actually to speak about your house, to let the listeners know. Um, the house, your courtyard is absolutely beautiful. Like this yeah. is, this is a, a, another, the listener can't see this, but this is just our courtyard here. And yeah, and your wife, your wife yeah. Renee designed all of this herself, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, Renee, yeah. So I see there you've got big, huge um, patio door there. There's three big, huge panels there all open, letting in natural light. Are they, and sun, are they sunlight or solar panels on the roof? No, just regular. Uh, just regular windows. skylight yeah, windows. Yeah. Um, but it, that, that, I mean, Sometimes that the back actually seems brighter than the front of the house. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Do you have solar panels in your own house? No, I intend to have them, you know. You intend to have them. And, and again, also to give an idea of space, white colors, you know, you paint everything white. Yeah. You know, to add Makes to it that. seem larger. Makes it seem larger, yeah. So um, all these things together just make, and I'm talking about small spaces. Who needs the big houses? Yeah. You know, and because big houses cost money. And there's all, I keep saying to people, I remember seeing a program one time with this man, he was he was unemployed and he was asked by the interviewer, he says, um, some ridiculous question of how he felt about being homeless. Mm -hmm. And he said, most people are only two or three paychecks away from where I am. And that struck it's me. It's so true. It's so true. So who needs to be kind of, you know, trying to find the mortgage every month at the, at the risk of their own health, you yeah. know, for what? Small is truly beautiful. So the, yeah. the idea is to, is to build within, your, in a sense, not just your budget, but down the road, anything can happen. You get sick, you can break your leg. and You've got to think work. practical about the build yeah. as opposed to having at the beginning, it's all very exciting. You've just got a proof for your mortgage. You're newly married. You possibly might have kids coming along. Yeah. You're not. Most people aren't thinking 
30, 40 years down the line when the kids have grown up and they've moved out and now they're left with this big, huge house and there's only the two of them living there or whatever, whatever it is happens. And now the bills are huge because you have a massive house. It costs a lot of money to heat. It takes a lot of money for electricity. Um, and when, so, when, yeah, big isn't always good. No, it's it, not. It, it never is. And there's one thing that people have to remember about how young you are, you are going to get old. That's a, always a fact a, as good as death mm-hmm. itself, you know. Yep. And people got to think that if they're going building. Now, it's fine flipping houses. It's fine you want to buy this. That's a business model, maybe, you know. But for the average person, they don't get the chance to do that. They're, they're barely able to afford the new house. And it has got harder. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, this Celtic Tiger thing is come and gone. Right? But people now face with the prospect today of an average build, an average house cost of 250,000 euros. That's the average that's cost the average for a house cost, build. You know, and that's cheap. That's Ireland. And give me, give me a rough, yeah. what's that, what size are we talking about here roughly? Would you have any idea that, of the square, would, square foot house? Like, uh, that would be an average freaking six, eight hundred square feet of a house. That's it. Forget about it. About 250. But, so about six, an, an average 600 square foot house is talking about 250,000 on average to build. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You know? yeah. But it's going to get, the point is it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Now, you get your 1,000 square feet, 1,500 square, your 3,000 square feet. Well, that's for the, the higher income That's areas where the big money and, starts and the, and the big money. But the bottom line is for the average person who can afford that. And think about this. You're working today. What is the average uh, wage here? Uh, it's got to be, I don't know, I'm going to guess and say somewhere in, but somewhere around four or 500 euros. Yeah. Maybe 500 euros we, a week. We, we, we call it 500, right? 500 a week. So let's say 22 grand a yeah. year after tax. Yeah. And even, even for the average even person. Even if a person's spouse is working, a partner is working, right? So he goes up. Still, you can say, oh, we're bringing in great money here. We're bringing in uh, almost four grand a month. Well, break down your mortgage out of that, it'll be 11, 12, 1300, mm-hmm. then all the other things. And there's nothing left. Petrol, yeah. car, taxes, there's nothing left. So, one, anybody has got to start thinking outside the box. Cash is always king when it comes to property. You can get away with blue murder, right? If you've got cash, but most people don't have cash. When you don't have cash, the mortgage company expects you to have a, a solicitor to do the, to finish, make sure everything's in order. Yep. They expect you, the engineer, to pass everything. But there's, these are fees becoming out of your pocket. Yeah. You know, fee here and a fee there, and it goes on and on. And it just keeps adding up on top of that little bit of money you just happen to save, and the banks are, are looking to charge you, not not the interest rate of central bank interest rates, you know, uh, the lowest interest rate there is. Yeah. Tracking mortgage. Tracking mortgage don't exist in this country anymore mm-hmm. you know, because they got they, they took a bath in the banks, but they want three, four, five percent interest, and it goes up a little tweak and a little tweak there, just keeps adding up. And, and the, even an increase of one percent is is it's a serious, yeah, it's hike, a serious increase, you know. And it, it, so, like I, I personally, I'm, I'm scratching my head. How do people even afford it? Mm-hmm. Well, the bottom line is they can't afford it because if you look at credit debt, uh, credit card debt, that's at an all time high. Yeah. Know? So people, and that's, just, that's global, not even that's just global, just, just yeah. here. Yeah. When, when building a house, um, from your experience, is there a difference in cost? Is it cheaper to build a one-story house? Is it cheaper to go up than it is to go out? Is there, would there be any difference in cost? So let's say, will a one-story house spread across a bigger square footage be cheaper to build than a, a two-story house? I think something says on, on the one floor is much cheaper. It's cheaper. Not only that, long-term maintenance. Right? Like, for example, if you start to go up, you have to get scaffolding now. Yeah, anything the repairs that's another cost scaffolding and uh, 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 more, more insurance just one thing if somebody's ever building a house and it's a big house and they, they have to buy scaffolding I mean hire a scaffolder my my uh, advice is uh, buy all the scaffolding yourself get really? a professional with a license to put it all up mm-hmm. right? 
It's going to be there till the, the ending of the house. At the very end of the house, you sell on your scaffolding. Why? Okay, so I'm guessing you're saying to buy the scaffolding buy because... Sca- clean out. By the end of the project... Yeah. If you so, hire, so if you hire somebody into scaffolding, do you get charged when you hire scaffolding? And do you get charged by the week, or do you get charged by the weight, or do you get charged by the amount of scaffolding that has been used? How do you get charged if you're gen- renting? Generally, by the by, by the week, you're going to get charged. There's, they're going to bring several guys to put the scaffolding up. Mm-hmm. Now it's up. I prefer every week they're in. And you get charged X amount. Charge, charge, and, and these charges can range from five hundred to a thousand a week. You know? Wow! So when you, depending on how big, of course, the project is, but now and then they, they get uh, licensed scaffolders to take it all back down again. But the problem is, it's much cheaper to buy the entire scaffolding. But it, you know? okay, I, I see your point, and I get it. In that, at the in the long run, it's going to be more or less cost effective. Say, it's going to cost more to rent the scaffolding, um, but as an upfront cost. That's gonna. That's what's gonna set you back. If you have to buy scaffolding, do your house from start to finish. What kind of money is that gonna cost you? If you do an average house build, we say two stories, mm-hmm. um, six hundred. We would say six hundred square foot. Yeah, just just for argument's sake, it's gonna cost you about five grand. About five grand yeah. to buy the scaffolding. But you, you'll get at least three and a half grand back of that. Really? Yeah. So you initially pay the initial five grand to buy the scaffolding. Hire yeah. a professional to come in and erect it. You're yeah. probably talking. Does it go up in stages, or does it if, go? If you, up? if you hire a scaffolding company in, you you could be talking from seven to ten grand. Wow, that's reality. You know, and the other part is, let's say for a guy is going to come in to do some repairs in your house later on, right? He has to go up on a ladder, for example, or he's put up scaffolding to get there. Cost more money again because he's going to go to the licensed scaffolder again to put the scaffolding up. Yeah, They're just the contractor before he does the job. Mm. So it just goes up. And up. So you, you, you got to think practical. I know it's look common sense. We all know it's not so common until you hit with a problem, you solve it. Yeah. Then you get your so-called common sense bit. You know, so t- what we're having a conversation here essentially is about you know, we don't want we don't need to have to go through all the trials and errors. Exactly. Somebody else has already done. Well, that's I guess that's the point we're trying to get across is yeah. we're trying to hit the nail on the head here in regards to. Some of the delays and some of the problems that you might face along your new build that, as you said, average people wouldn't really know of because they don't have any experience in the actual building trade. So I guess that's why one of the reasons why I brought you in is yeah. because of your knowledge and you've been 40 years building houses and mm-hmm. contracting jobs. Um, you would have been able to give us a fair good idea of of the whole process from mm-hmm. start to finish. It's, uh, still, it's, still, it's still the best. Like, for example, property, whether you're buying or renting, buying property, building it, whatever way you like to do, to just buy one straight out or secondhand it is still probably the best investment you're ever going to make. You know? To buy a second-hand one as opposed to, to build a new or, or, or whichever, whichever way you decide to go, because ultimately, well, what you can afford, of course, like, um, for example, Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. um, she's a billionaire, but she puts most of her, her, her money herself back into property. She was asked one time, well, why, you, why do you keep yeah, buying property? Yeah, because she knows it's a long-term long investment. I do love her answer, so they're not making any more of it. Yeah, meaning yeah. property. So you, you're you're buying a diminishing thing, which means this price can only go up. Yeah, you know, the populations have exploded. We take Ireland. Ireland less than twenty years ago was an average of three and a half million, and held that particular uh, level of people for I suppose most of the twentieth century. And we're but up now, now, close now we're to up seven to million, f- right, f- somewhere between five and seven, if you include the north. Yeah, yeah six, and that's going to expand. If you take, if I ask you right now, uh, a simple like to kind of get a feel of where things are going. If you drove now from where you are right now, the other side of town at this hour of the afternoon, how long would it take you? From to drive from one side of Galway City yeah, right to the next. Now, so where a, we are uh, over on the east side is yeah, a and Bally. this is Galway, a small town. How long would it take you to get there? Um, and, and, and rush rush hour traffic. 
you're talking well over an hour. Well over an hour. Well over an hour. And that the distance is probably what? Mm-hmm. What's the distance? Four or five? If you if you, if even that. Um, about yeah. we'd say about five five kilometers, if even about if five even. kilometers. Yeah, from here to there, and in rush hour traffic, you're talking an but hour. That, at that least. tells you the the, the, the the crowds are getting bigger, increasing population all the time. And Galway still retains that unique places. They're still one of the fastest growing cities in Europe. Our, our Galway is, and it's held that particular title for the last thirty years. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's so, unreal. So you can see where all this is going, and there's so many different ways. Again, talking, thinking outside the box. For example, you have, see, you have your little nest egg um, mm-hmm. to put down on a, a, a house, right? Well, I say to people, you may not afford Galway City, but think satellite towns, right? Athenry still got the motorway. You can, you can get into Athenry in Galway in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Would that be right? 10, yeah, 15 minutes? Yeah, close, yeah. Um, Utrevar, where I live, 20 minutes. People think we live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We're surrounded by lakes, rivers, beautiful. It's like, to me, the Garden of Eden. Hedford, right? It's not that far away, again, a half an hour. And they, all of the key ingredients, if you're sitting down with a family, it's got primary school and it has a secondary school. And they're the key ingredients of anywhere and a reasonable, you know, public transport system. Mm-hmm. But you can buy these, you know, run down spinster houses, old council houses, the person might have died for very, very cheap money. And when I say cheap money, you're talking about 50,000, 60,000. Right? To a, buy a property. To buy a property. Now, as long as, as long as the thing just stands up, you know, uh, and it's, it's structurally sound and as you pass it, you can get your mortgage and you have to go for it. And the more money you can put down it, the less trouble you're going to have it in engineer giving you trouble yeah. uh, down the road. It's not the mortgage company going to give you the, tr- the trouble, it's the engineer. Mm-hmm. Right? And thinking outside the box, you need to be getting a kind of a, a user-friendly engineer. You don't want some guy giving you a hard time going, every little thing, oh, hang on, this is not exact regulation based on code 65. It will drive you absolutely down. Yeah. So you've got to surround yourself with the right people too. But the bargains are always there you know you just it's it's um, it's again it kind of goes back to it's not about what you know it's who you know who you know um uh, not just when i'm on the subject there's another little thing that people don't realize talking about investing right shops ground floor shops are not the thing they used to be everything mm-hmm. is going online right uh the amazon all these they're just all getting these big bigger, huge e-commerce retailers yep. you know everything is uh, you know, supply and delivery to the internet right well that that's great for that but the shops themselves they can't compete so they're closing down mm-hmm. so I say to a person well, buy the shop for what Should, so, okay, we, we can't well, forget about the shop apply for plant admission yeah. to get an apartment and you won't have too much trouble because they're going to do with the shop do they want a shop front with just do they want a dormant building or yeah. do they want to turn yeah. it into something that's valuable to the community well design thing and apartment living again people because towns die when there's no people in them yeah you know so they they all policies are starting to change they want to work with you, you know? yeah because the world we have to change with the world and because is. we have this shortage i mean because we have this shortage in the house and there's such a crisis Mm. Kind of anything that people are doing to help that, I mean, yeah. is probably more so now approved a lot quicker than it would have been before. Yeah. Example, buying a shop and turning it into an apartment. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to sit there dormant because number one, it's too expensive for people to come in and rent and turn into a business. Um, and number two, you turn it into a property when it's, it's a, a producing an income. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. There's an analogy I, I would use if we're thinking outside the box. I had a cousin, this is, this is actually a true story. He's a, he's a farmer. He was telling me about these gates. He says, uh, he's, God, I think these gates, you know, they're normally about three and a half thousand to, to buy, but I can get this gate for 800 euros. Uh, what, what's a, what type of gate? What do you big, mean a gate? Big, big farm gate for keeping, keeping animals in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's the problem? Fuck it, he says. Uh, uh, the, the pillars. Um, 
the pillars are just, you know, not enough room. You know, it's, uh, it can't fit among the pillars. And I wouldn't mind them. I'm only that bit short. And she was, but you have no problem. Even for sure, I can't get the gate, the pillars. So why don't you just knock down one pillar and just put it over to the side? And you could, he never even thought of it. He so. didn't think of knocking down <laughs> the pillar. <laughs> he never thought no way. <laughs> like, because the pillar had been there for 100 years, that's the yeah. hell with the 100 years, knock down the pillar, rebuild it, and yeah. that's what he done. So he said, that's my point. Same, same. You, when, you, when you come to the building game, you look for little things that nobody else is looking for. You know, like yeah. uh, you might you might get something, for example, okay, I can get this house really cheap. Why are you getting it so cheap? Because apparently it's not up to code. We'll find out what it's going to cost to bring it up to code. What is the big deal? It's just because, it's, it, does that end the story right there? If it's only going to cost you 1500 pay for it yourself. Yeah, Buy see, it. again, it comes down to experience because, you, again, because you know about these things, when people say... I oh, can't buy that place because it's not down to code or there's something wrong. It could be a very small, simple thing that needs to be rectified. Yeah. That can then be rectified and then moved on and, and then you, you can turn it into whatever it is you're trying to turn it into. There was a guy in the head of the Celtic Tiger when too many bargains were not to be had. Right? A guy asked me for advice. I'm thinking about buying this house. It was awful money. And, uh, but it's cheap compared to what's going on. I said, well, what's off money to you? It's 75,000. I said, what's the problem? He said, the only problem is there's a chimney attached to, to the house and it wasn't built in good foundations and it's pulling away from the from the house itself. So it's this big structural crack. And I said, well, knock the chimney down, put a better foundation, and rebuild it back up. And that'll cost you another 15 grand. You still got a bargain. Yeah. But he did it. Like that's. Oh, he so did. He went. He, ahead and he done. did it. And he still got the bargain. But he bought it as is. Yeah. Right? And did the work afterwards, and that saved the day. In other words, things often in these so-called codes, or oh, it didn't pass because such a code. Therefore, the house has become devalued. That's great for you. So all you have to do is find out well, how much would it cost for that code to right? fix it. To and fix then go it. Go ahead and do right? it. And try to work with the engineer and the bank with you, explaining your plan to, to nobody else but them. Yeah. You know, see, will they work with you? Yeah. Oh, these are these are great. Like these tips, I'm loving it because you're, you're making me, as you said, when you're saying thinking outside the box, not everything is as it seems. So if you're not able to buy your property for whatever reason that may reason may be, hasn't reached code or needs a specific this, yeah. um, find out what that is. Find out what it is. Go get it done. And say so you'll stand the price of it. And move in. You know, like the, the, if the roof is falling down, you say to the bank, well, I tend to buy, still buy this. Everything else is fine. And I've got this quote for the for, for the roof, you know. And if I stand that cost, well, can I, will you, you know, Give you the money. Yeah. And more than likely, if you've, you've, you're straight out with them, they can see that you can afford this once this work is done. They'll work with you. you know, yeah, just for sure. People have got to keep, stop thinking like robots and start mm -hmm. thinking outside the freely box. outside the box. Yeah, yeah, cool. You know? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I like it. All really, really good ideas. Yeah. And again, I'm definitely 100% going to bring you back in here for another, like I can already think of five other podcasts off the top of my head that I could sit down um, and bring you in for and talk about because you're, it's fascinating. Your experience mm -hmm. is, is broad. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of knowledge. Um, let's go back to the new bills so I know we keep kind of going off on a tangent here but the mm -hmm. reason is is because we keep finding interesting topics to speak <laughs> about and then before we know it we're 10 minutes into the conversation but anyways that's it's all a part and part and fun of it new bills so we have our planning permission we now have done the groundwork needed we have put in our found what, what would an average foundation concrete foundation of the house cost for 600 for an average home 600 square meters or and 600 square foot, sorry. We say, if, if you'd have a foundation with all the pipe work in and, and all the gravel in. All the groundwork and all the yeah. pipe work and the foundation in. Of course, it's slightly subjective depending on, you know, like uh, how how the ground was and what did you have to do to bring it up. Yeah. But I, I'm going to say the average price foundation pipes in ready, ready for blocks. Is this including the septic tank now also? No, because the, the regulations are changing the septic tanks now. Okay. Uh, if you bring, you're to, that's almost a... Uh, 
it's a separate in itself, you know? separate thing. Yeah. Well, I say they just get your foundation down, getting you off the ground before you start laying the blocks. That's about fifteen grand right there. So about fifteen grand. So yeah. let's say we are now at. Will you do me a favor, Max, and just get me a piece of paper so I um over there on my desk so I can just take it to the. So we are now at fifty thousand for the site. Fifteen. Oh, sorry. For, fifty grand yeah. for the site. Yeah. Um. Or plan. What What does planning permission usually cost? Is that a separate cost? Uh, or is yeah. that included in the fifty thousand of buying the land? No, well, if if you've already pre-bought it with plant missions, no, there's no cost. You know? Okay. But if you're starting from scratch, that can vary depending on what they decided, and that that can be kind of uh, a strange one on its own. They could decide well because of amenities we supplied earlier to you, or whatever, or Thank you. even for existing amenities or amenities we're going to intend to improve, though they may never improve it. Mm-hmm. They can come up their own little. Um, Wording so that, but they can charge you anything from fifteen hundred to five grand, to six grand, just to get the planning yeah. on that on that yeah. specific land. Yeah, yeah. So, geez, that's crazy. Like I said, there's all of these hidden costs they that people just hidden, don't yeah. know about. Um, we just, let's just call it three grand for argument's sake, because it could be it could be up, it could be down. Yeah, we're just, we're just three, yeah. average at about three grand. Yeah. So, um, and the foundation. So we have the land. We've paid fifty thousand for the land. Now again. To everybody listening, this is not exact figures. This is just a kind of rough ballpark figure of what we feel um, an average kind of house size build would, would cost. So 50 grand for the land. Yeah. We're going to say average about 3,000 for the planning. That could vary, could be up, could be down, but we're yeah. going to average it about three grand. To do all of the grounds work, so to dig out the founda- dig out the gravel needed for the foundation, mm-hmm. put in whatever pipe works needed. I'd um, say about fifteen thousand. About fifteen. So that pipe work, that so including that. Do you mean that's the pipes? Is that the water coming into the into this? Is that the service water coming in? Is it connecting to the main waters? Or connect to the main waters. And now this would be the average site, not not, not something unique. An average site, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no, no real intricacies. So about, yeah. Yeah, about fifteen grand. All right, cool. So now we have the foundation laid. Mm-hmm. What are we doing next? This what is, happens next? This is going to be the block work. Next thing is the block yeah. work. And getting back to the block work again, again, what is, it, what is to me is accepted as standards is not necessarily good. Like uh, when they do block work still, and they've been doing this the way for the last 20 years, is that they put the insulation inside the cavity. I ne- that has never made sense to me. And we spoke this earlier on. If, to insulate a house properly, it has to be insulated on the inside. In other words, let, let's, let's say a, a house, they put the block work up, they put the insulation inside the cavity and yeah. then the plaster the walls. So now you've heated, you've got your heat set. So the cavity is the space in between the two. So there's yeah. two layer of blocks in a house. The cavity is the space in, space between, in between the two the blocks two. or the two sets of the walls, yeah. let's to say. To stop the water getting in. To stop the water yeah. getting in. But they stick this big lump of insulation inside it. You know? Okay, so they put the insulation in between the cavity. Yeah. Um, and then, you think this is not it's a good idea? It's a waste of time. Like, Why is it a waste of time? So you, you have to heat in your room, right? Now you've got a half inch plaster, finished plaster inside the block. Is it, so the plaster inside the house on the yeah. wall is about a half inch thick? Half inch thick. Okay. Now the, the heat, if it manages to get, which it will, after a while, it gets to that half inch plaster. Mm-hmm. The block is an easy one to get through. This is supposed to hit this so-called insulation. There's so many gaps in this insulation, it, not a hope is it going to hold it back in. And once you get into that cavity, it's gone. So the uh, heat will definitely transfer through. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Through the first layer of walls. So yeah. it'll go through a plaster, for sure. Yeah. will easily go through the block because it's essentially it's, it's porous, not a solid yeah. although it's yeah. a solid block there's actually holes and, and yeah, places for it to get subject, through you know? um, so then it reaches and this cavity that the so-called 
But no matter how insulation. good the block layer is, he's going to make gaps. He's going to have mortar droppings falling on top of one insulation. So he can't get the other one clamped down tight to it. And then he's taking sh- shortcuts and corners because he's on, he's getting paid by the blocks. So he's going to... He's going to, he's going to try and he's trying to make as much money as he can as fast he's as possible. Gonna, look, if, if he's just trying to make money, he's not going to be, he's going to, he doesn't care. He's just slap it. And I mean, like you could be getting calls, you know, saying, oh my God, I'm a great black player. How dare he accuse me? Yeah. Well, it's true. It's, we don't mean true. that every block layer out there is doing it, but in yeah. a general sense, yeah. tradesmen are in it to make as much money as they can. Yeah. Whether you're putting on the roof or you're laying the blocks, you yeah. want to get the job done as fast as you can, yeah. make as much money as you can and get out the gap and move on to the next yeah. job. That's just the way life is. That's just the way it is. Exactly. But, but get through all of that, if you put the insulation and the inside of the block, a four-inch block, your your water, uh, sorry, your air area, the other block, and then put the insulation on the inside, Mm-hmm. Then you plaster up. So now, you stop the heat even leaving the room. Even so it leaving. doesn't even get a chance to leave the room. Well, not stop it fully right. because there's going to be a certain amount that gets through. You've got, you've got a film back, you've got a silver back insulation that's going to bounce the heat back. Yeah. Okay, so, so you have to stop it at source. In other words, if you take houses back in the 16th, 17th century, it was standard then for them to actually insulate the house with slates. You know, you get your roof slates, mm-hmm. they would hang the roof slates downward, not just really? on the roof. So when the heat tried to escape, it actually would hit the slate and bounce, and bounce back, back in, into the room. Back in the room. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. So that's the idea. Like that's the that's why you have to have the insulation on the inside. So the silver so instead of putting the foundation or sorry, not the foundation, the insulation in the cavity, put the insulation on the inside, inside of, the, of block. the block. And then put plastic. On the inside wall, yeah. um silverback silverback insulation. Silver back, yeah. So it, it bounces the heat back in and then you're putting the plasterboard and everything and you've good you're layering the plasterboard up yeah. over the uh, the insulation. Exactly. And that traps the heat in. That traps the heat. So before it even gets a chance to get to the block cavity, it has to go through the Plaster, plaster, and, and it then, has to go through the plaster board, yeah, and then and it has the, to go through the silver back insulation. Silver back insulation, and yeah. that's before it even reaches the block. So yeah. by that stage, it has already bounced back, and the it's heat well, has kept again. inside the house. Yeah. Um. Well, that's a good tip. Yeah. That is a really good tip because all I've ever known is, and I've been in the industry, uh, in construction industry for ten years plus, and um, I've only ever seen people put the cavity, or sorry, the insulation in the cavity. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's board or Spray foam. What, what, what's your... Um, it's about three, you get the spray stuff. Yeah, what are your thoughts yeah. on the, the bead foam? Are they, is it is it bead foam? Are they yeah. insulation that they spray in as beads? Yeah, they, they all have their own, I suppose, benefits. But compared to the benefits that I'm just saying there, I don't, think, I don't think anything will come close. You know? yeah. And the other thing too, the, 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 the attic, because heat rises. No worries. Uh, because, the, 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 because the heat rises in, into the attic. You're going to make sure that's well insulated too, okay. you know, and packed down well, and because the majo- what I'd be right in saying, the majority of the heat would lead through the roof. Yeah, like if if you if you go because heat rises obviously heat rises like when they just when they stick down the the insulation in the attic, they should cover over again with, with a floor to keep it all down with silver black floor at the back again. Keep that heat in the house. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because that's the main thing. Because yeah. that costs a lot of money to heat the house yeah. and ventilation too. Because be, no point in a big, well heated house there's no ventilation. You'd be picking up every piece of dust and you become yeah. asthmatic very quick. So you need good ventilation too. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. So that's the block work. Yeah. Next step. Then the the most expensive thing, I've, aside from the roof, the roofs can vary. You know, uh, depending on the complexity of can, the build yeah, and what shape yeah. it's at. You can you can take anything from ten to thirty thousand just for a roof, maybe more, but the roof is the next after the block work the roof oh, yeah, comes the next biggest thing. the block work is one of the cheapest part of the building yeah you know people think oh no it's not it's actually quite cheap it's actually one of the yeah, cheapest one of the cheapest yeah and it's probably one of the fastest one of the fastest yeah because it looks like you're really going places yeah finishing off in a house 
is where the, the money starts. Mm-hmm. And the, the, of course, double glazing is the next big cost beside yeah. the roof. It's funny that you say that about the block work because I am following a lot of Instagram accounts and there's a lot of these self-builds happening around Ireland as a whole in the West, South, like all over the country. Mm-hmm. And um, you see the beginning stages where they're at, where they've just laid the foundation and then within a space of, in some cases, two weeks. I mean, there was one house there. I, I, I couldn't even, I would say it was a thousand square foot at least anyways. And it was like a, maybe a two-story house. Yeah. But within a week and a week and a half, <coughs> the full block work was complete. Done. Yeah. That looks great. Like amazing. Yeah. So all of a sudden you go from having just a foundation on and nothing there to a week, week and a half later, 10 days later, the house is built. Yeah. And now they're ready for the roof. Yeah. Like I couldn't believe it how fast they go up. And even then it still looks it still looks good because the roof do, goes up pretty quick too. Yeah. But then you got your windows and then the plastering. Then everything starts to slow down. Uh, yeah. Because you got your plumbing or you got your electric. So let's yeah, so let's go back. So the block work is done and now we have the roof. Mm-hmm. Now I know there's so many different costs involved. The complexity of the roof, are the apex, are there valleys, are like there's oh, so that. many different costs. Um generally, generally. On, a, on the, we'll say we're going off a basis of we're doing an average 600 square foot house here, two story house. I, 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 I would say uh, uh, an average house is going to cost you about 15, 17 grand. About 15 to 17 yeah. grand as well. Yeah, that's kind of the, the kind of ballpark figure yeah. I had in my head too. About 15 to 17 grand yeah. to get the roof done. How fast do they go up? Again, I'd say depending on weather, but uh, an average roof would say with the tiling on all that kind of stuff. Let's say two weeks. Two weeks for the roof yeah. to go up. You get enough manpower. Yeah. So all of a sudden, within the space, once the foundation has been poured, within the space of, call it, you give it a month. We'll say four weeks, maybe two weeks for the block work. Would, mm-hmm. it, t- how, would it be two weeks for the block work? Yeah. Two weeks for the block work. Again, all, everything dependent on weather. Every weather dependent. Mm-hmm. So we have, now mm-hmm. although that's quite a funny <laughs> topic here in Ireland, like it's very rare yeah. we get two weeks of yeah. good weather. But, I'd say, um, say, say three weeks at all the bits we'll say bits. Three weeks with the block work. Yeah. And then we say, let's give it another two or three weeks then for the roof. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, five or six weeks into your build after the foundation has been poured, your house is a structure. You have the walls, all yeah. the internals are done, the externals are done, mm. the roof is on. And the good thing about that is once you've got your windows in, right, you actually comply in general with all building regulations. In other words, there's no compulsion that you have to finish everything right now. Really? You know, like uh, you've got the essentials up. So once the block work is done, yeah. the roof is on and the windows are in. That's it. You, you're, you're now com- compliant, you're compliant with the building mission. regulations. Yeah. To what? To move into the house? Well, the, 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 if, if you if you're a planet mission, planet mission lasts for an average of five years. Okay. Right? So they're going to give you a date and the clock starts ticking from that date. Right? Now, if you don't finish in that date, you can apply for retention or depending on whatever uh, policy of that, of that area, you yeah. might have to reapply all over again, but once you have that roof on and and uh, the windows in, that's it. You you don't have to deal with them anymore. Yeah, we, no. Barry, we didn't talk about insulation cost. It's, I forgot it, to mention it. Actually, it's just kind yeah. of just after coming to mind there. Um, now I'm assuming the silverback stuff is obviously a little more expensive than the normal I stuff you put so. in between it's, the cavities. It's, it's almost splitting hairs. It's the way better way to go. Uh, you're gonna have pla- you'd have had to plaster the inside of the house anyway, regardless. So there's no yeah, the plaster is yet to come. But yeah, you definitely have to plaster would be the house. Cheaper than actually plastering, you know, block walls. So it's in about the same thing. And there's so many different types of insulation going on now. Again, it needs to go around. You have to go around costing it. And I say say this to people again: you can save a ton of money 
by just checking out prices of all different materials. Yeah. You know, like I, I, but who, but where would you, when you say you can, no, and I know what you mean when you say you can save money by going checking out all the prices of the materials. What are we going to? Are we actually going to hardware stores and pricing these materials ourselves, or are we asking the quantity surveyor to give us? You get the quantity surveyor to make up the list of what, right? what's needed for yeah. the build, and, and he, you get you reprint that out and you send it to every guy across the country. You can everyone who supplies any sort of supplier, any supply, and just a mass email out to them and get them all to come back to you. Right? Now, let's say he says he said, "No, I'm too busy. I can't do that." Right? Okay, well then you say you get your carpenter, so you're working direct labor. Say, okay, what do I need exactly for this? How many bags of nails? What do I need? How many timbers for this particular roof? How many ties? Blah, blah, blah. You get him to write it out. He's working for you after all. It's on yeah. your side. And again, you just do a mass email. Five, ten. Like, I've actually saved on plumbing. When I, I did a job on plumbing alone, you wouldn't think I could actually save this amount of money. But the, 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 the plumbing cost of this thing, the plumber told me to get all the stuff supplied. So you give me the list. Right, so I just literally went around from one. I didn't just stop in Galway where I live. Yeah. Right? Oh, you went outside, I went outside of Galway. Outside of Galway, right? But I ended up paying, uh, sorry, saving twenty two hundred on the plumbing from a guy down in Cork. No way. Much further away. Just because you decided to go outside. Just keep going outside the box and get yeah. a different price, same materials. You said, yeah. how, "How how do you get such a vast cost?" That's it's worth the effort. So that one day, whatever amount of hours I spent at the computer, I saved myself twenty two hundred. So, Amazing. And that was just on the plumbing just alone. Just on the plumbing alone. So if you were actually to do your due diligence and do that kind of research across every aspect of the building, from yes. foundation to your block work, to your roof, plastering, electric, plumbing, the whole yeah. lot, you could but actually end up saving thousands. It's all in the effort with a capital E. To, like, it's like anything else. You, know, like you, you need to be pricing your own. I can't say that's strong enough. Right down to the engineers and the architects, all that kind of stuff. But materials, you can save a ton of money by simply going after it. Just because Joe Friendly and, uh, and your local place who, you know, who runs the Vicar and hairdresser and, and the undertakers and the pub with it, mm-hmm. he's not necessarily your best friend. He has to make money. He's, so, yeah. so he's the standard price. You know? And you've noticed, in, I've noticed in country areas, the prices all seem to be higher. And I said, well, they're so kind of all close to it. Why is... The local builder just shafted them every week. Yeah, so you yeah. Can, you can't. You can't. Everyone's just, in it to make money. To make money, so you got to go out and get your prices, and it is absolutely worth it. And you can save thousands by that. Yeah, alone. that's a good you tip know? actually, because rather than just going with the old general and who you think is is the right person because they happen to be the local person, yeah, doesn't necessarily mean they're the right person for the job, and doesn't move. also doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to charge you less. Because in actual fact, I'd say on the contrary, because they know you. And there's almost a little bit of trust built up already that probably seem like it's easier to get away with charging you mm-hmm. because you wouldn't, because the client or the person trying to get through that wouldn't actually expect it. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, builders themselves, they have somebody walking inside the office doing these very things. But with today, uh, computers, there's nothing to stop you doing it yourself. Yeah, everything you know? is online. Everything. Anything you want to find out about, anything mm-hmm. is online. And it's become more more refined. You've got these artificial intelligence systems. They're zeroing in down this like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. It's going to be a fine art you know, yeah. to find all this stuff. Why won't people do it? People get complacent. Get mm. too, oh, the, that's the way it's always done. But yet one has to get rid of that idea. That's yeah, the way it you're dead right. Done, you know? So... Two-story house, 600 square foot, roughly. What sort of... Um, if you, do, if, on, if, for the price of insulation, the silverback, would you have any kind of inclination of what it might cost? Again, the insulation alone, somewhere in caution, the region of ten to 15,000. Was that for materials to, alone? All the materials from start to finish in attic and everything like that. 
Wow, 10 to 15 grand. Yeah. I didn't actually, I didn't realize that there was that mm. cost in the insulation. Yeah. But so worth it because in the long run, you save yeah. less heat that's gone is, is more money saved what on heating it, and electric. And it has well worth it. And you can get these guys in and say, oh, we'll do your house. So we'll just pump your your, your um, cavity or whatever. But most cavities obviously have some form of insulation, you know. So their costs seem cheaper, but just not as good. You you When you're building a new uh, house, that's the way to go. If you're renovating a house, right? They say, oh my God, look at these walls. There's no insulation in it. Well, go back to what I just said there again. You build timber frame on the inside. You put all the insulation again, plaster all over. You get brand new, you feel good dry walls. Yeah. That you feel, you can do anything with, with insulation and plasterboard. It's amazing what you can do to a house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can make all look very new. Or even say, say the walls are a bit rickety. And you can't, but there's all sorts of cladding things now you can get, you know, to make it look modern and feel like that. Because as you said, the wall is hidden. It's going to be covered essentially. Be covered. If you're putting up insulation, which is going to be covered by plasterboard and then initially yeah. plastered, it doesn't really matter what it looks like <laughs> initially because yeah. it's not. It's going to be completely new once it's yeah. covered over. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So that's it. And I guess so. The insulation has now been done. The plasterboard, the chipboard has now been put up. Now we've got to mm. get the plasters in. And uh, now I know from experience. I, I'll tell you a funny story. Working. I've done all aspects of building. Mm. When I was 16 and I left and I began laboring for you, I thought, I remember going to work that day and I came, for the first day ever working on a construction site. And I came home that day and my body was sore for three weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, as, as I was 16 years old, I was only laboring for block days. But I, when I was traveling in Australia, I was in Australia for about five years almost. And one of the first jobs I got over there was laboring for plasterers. Oh, hard. Now, I have labored for block layers, I've done painting, I've done carpentry for three years, I've done structural steel fixing, like I worked on the high-rise buildings over in, in Australia in Perth, um, lifting and lugging like tons and tons of steel on a mm -hmm. daily basis. But laboring for plasters is without a doubt one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. Because there's such a, con it's, all, it's always going, there's no break, there was, I think if I remember correctly, there was three plasters. And I was the only labor, and it was go, go. There was no stopping. Like it was mm -hmm. unbelievably hard. And not um, to mention, I think it's, I think aside from laboring for plasters, which is probably the hardest, but plastering itself or plasterers is class as the hardest, physically hardest trade. job there is. Really? Yeah. So I'd imagine just laboring for them but it would be just that. Yeah. Higher again. As far as and it's a very skillful job. Yeah. People think it's just a case of you're putting plaster up on the wall and you, yeah. and you give it a wipe and that's it. It's actually, have you, if you've ever tried to do it, anybody that's in the construction yeah. industry, it's actually quite a hard job to get right yeah. and do properly. It's, there's, a, there's a high skill involved in Oh, it, there is, yeah. Isn't there? And getting back to plaster for a house, you're talking about anything, uh, today, you know, anything from five to ten grand, depending yeah. on all the intricacies of the house. Five well. to ten grand as yeah. well, again, yeah. depending on how many walls there are yeah. and so on and so forth. It's a lot of work. See that? Yeah. The, the, and all of a sudden, all of these prices just start adding up. And obviously, you had some sort of idea at the beginning of what you were thinking it was going to cost. But now, mm -hmm. all of a sudden... And right. now, uh, to me, if, 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 if you if fine-tune it, the average direct build, you know, is, uh, and again, depends on what size of the house, it's going to cost you about 150 grand, you know. But with, with a builder doing it all, it's another 50 grand. Now, the bigger the house, everything has to push out. Of course. You know, including the builder's cost. So, to me, we're going back to Iran again, you can break everything down and, and you can find a lot of this stuff even in Google, but what do you break down? But again, it just comes down to what you're able to do yourself. Yeah. Like, are you are you, are you you this person, again, go back to that personality trait, just, you're too busy doing something else, so you just hire somebody to do it. But to get rid of the builder and his big fight, just get an engineer. Yeah. If, you, if you said to an engineer, can you run this entire build from start to finish? And he says, okay, I'll do it for 10 grand. 
That's a big saving because you can do just equally as good as the builder. But why, why would the engineer come in? Why would, why would the engineer be cheaper than a builder? So if he's obviously he's going to be the structural engineer, he's the one that makes sure everything's structurally sound and two building specifications and all that kind of stuff. Why would he come in cheaper but he if he was doing both? He won't be in on, the, on the job all the time, but what he will do, he will, he will give out pretty much orders saying, okay, when you do this, I want photographs of this and uh, I make him out the size. So and that way the job is running smoothly, running smoothly. So he's in control of what gets done yeah. and in what, pay, in what order it's done. He just wants it up as long yeah. as it passes muster. Because yeah. he will care if it comes back to haunt him. You know? But like, at least the engineer will say, okay, I need updates in this. I want photographs of that. If he's not happy with the photographs uh, or a video, he may come out and look inside. So he would sign it off. Mm -hmm. Now he carries his own insurance too. Right? So if it does go wrong, he has to stand over what he's saying. You know, so, like in other words, much like a builder, you can at least because he's he's got engineer's insurance, so he's he has to pass it and he's to stand over. So at least you can go back to him as well. Yeah, and that's become even more strict than it was before. You know, mm -hmm. and um, it's just it's an important point. The builder's trying to do everything, so he's trying to cream money and cream money there. It's more haphazard. You know, yeah, unless he's a top level builder, it may be easier to catch. And then you have to say to yourself, let's say for example, let's say it goes all awry. The things that we don't think about, right? But it's a great job. Okay, I'd know to get started in that job, I need 35,000 just to get going. So yeah. you say, oh my God. So you, you just sign the contracts and whatever. You better know that this person is legit. Because he may say, he may actually come back, and I've actually seen this happen. He may, he may ask for a lot more than 35,000, he may ask for 40, 50 grand. So to make it look good, he puts back, he puts in your foundation. He might even come back now and again to a bit of block work. You're thinking, my God, this is going great. It's a fine fellow, this fellow, you know. And then he might even feel bored enough to get another advance and you have a lot more to do and you give it. And suddenly he takes off. What are you going to do? And he can actually claim in court later on, well, I just had a money flow problems. I took this money and go, I did come back and put on that foundation. I did get that block work up, you know. And I did do all these various things. I wasn't going away. I was trying my best. But then, of course, the money problems. It's a very, very hard case to prove to for fraud. To, yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. you have to find him guilty of intent to defraud. A very important distinction, those three words, you know. Okay. So, so but how, how do you know? So, for example, you've given this guy X amount of money and how would you prove it? I guess you would you, okay, right. Well, it costs this much for materials and this much for labor. How would you actually prove that he, that he had an intent to fraud. Very hard to prove. And if you can't prove in, in, intent to defraud, it'll always remain a civil matter. And because it remain a civil matter, it's even harder to get the money off him. Because he can say, I'm sure uh, I have no money to give you. And then they can say, well, you have to pay this man. But you have nothing. Well, well we're going to put a lien against your property. Well, the problem is if he owns the property with his wife, you cannot serve at the tenancy of, the pro of, of, of his house or any other goods that, that they co-own. So in other words... You can't get back off. You know, and I've heard of cases, know of cases personally, where people have done things like that, where the builder has done it to the client. And I've known cases where the client has just figured out some uh, way to try and do the, the, the builder by pretending that, you know, the work is faulty so they wouldn't have to pay the builder that. Mm. I mean, if you if you look at this room that we're in here right now, yeah, right, and let's say I, I was the builder and you said, I'm going to get one over and bury, I'm not going to pay him at all. Right? I said, but sure, what's wrong with the room? Right? Well, if you look hard enough, you can find a fault. 
And if you get a user-friendly engineer, you can give him a backhander and he's going to help find that fault. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, what am I going to do? It's still, we're still in the civil courts here. I'm trying to argue with you. You're arguing with me. You're, you're saying this and he managed backing you up. What am I going to do? I know how to get another engineer. Right? To try and combat your engineer. Now it all goes to court. Now it becomes a new cause. You have to pay money. I have to pay money with lawyers. This is who's going to win and who's going to lose. Yeah. We're all going to lose. You know, so you've got to be very wary of the builder, contract, the contractor you bring in on your job. Very much so. And I see, keep saying to people, and these are, these are very, very important points that we're talking about here again. If a guy comes along and he says, yeah, I got to do great work, but here's my photographs. Did you see my website? A great website. And you think this is mighty. You better go check the yeah, references. Because it's very given. easy to get pictures and it's very yeah. easy to build a website. I mean, you pay professionals yeah. to do the job and they put up it's whatever easy. you want to get up and that's it. Yeah, it's the yeah. Easy, easiest fault going. And like he may, he may have all his, his friends lined up, you know. Yeah. And Oh, yeah, I know Tom. For reviews and references. And the reason why they keep getting away with this because nobody checks anything. Yeah, yeah. You know. So yeah, as you're right, don't ever judge a book by its cover. Do yeah. your due diligence. Do your right. research. Find out about who it is. You're, if you're going down that route of hiring a building contractor, you need to know he is what he says he is and he's not. Yeah. Because it's very easy to get frauded and all of a sudden, the money that you're paying him is gone and now yeah. you have no more money to build a house and you're left at a standstill. I've often seen it, just TV shows about it where you yeah. see these these hell builders come in and they, they blow all the money and then they don't have money to pay them back. Yeah, But they can't prove it. And they can't seize their assets to give them back. And then it's just the client is left with nothing. Yeah. The house is half built and that's it. There's nothing that can be done. Nothing can be done. Yeah. And like there, there was a, a case recently about a woman. She got a, a, a extension renovation done on her property in Dublin. And elderly lady living on her own. Mm-hmm. This guy came in, uh, took a deposit, did a complete charity job, kind of finished it in some fashion, but didn't. The place was just a wreck. So she was horrified. This man literally... It's like somebody just mugged her. She, she had no recourse to try and get her money back. She goes off and gets a lawyer. The man charged her 60 grand. That's gone, right? Now, she, this engineer comes along, oh, yeah, to, to, to undo everything he's done and put everything right, it's going to cost 300, right? And these people are just pulling figures out of the head. The builder says, I've no money to pay anybody. Oh, but hang on, now she has to pay the lawyer from this case that she won in the mm-hmm. first place. So her costs just keep escalating. Now she's probably looking at 200,000. Your man still doesn't get to pay the penny. He's going to have all most of the money pocketed, right? He's, sure, I can't pay. The very thing I'm talking about here, he said, sure, I can't pay you a thing. But sure, but you're working on it. I'm not working at all. I'm on the door. But but how about this? But, you know, but everything's my wife's And there's name. nothing that can not be done. Not a thing they can do. Yeah, you gotta be you got to be really careful. He did not, he can claim in no intent to default because he kept coming back in it like because he did a bad job is not intent to default mm-hmm. you know, it's just bad workmanship it's just bad work. so the, these are incredible distinctions things you, know? you gotta look over uh, you gotta look over and again go back into wording if you're not sure of a word on any contract look up the dictionary yeah. this is the same thing a legal word is the same effect of what is in the dictionary as it has in law yeah contracts yeah. are very important they're a binding legal document yes. if you have signed the contract without looking through it and reading properly and fully understanding it, you're at your own will. And I mean, if, if something goes wrong. Yeah. So as you said, it probably would be a good idea to either find somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, an example, you, would, if somebody knew mm-hmm. you, I know a lot of friends have come to you for advice mm-hmm. or go and find 
um, some other legal advice in, in the regards of a solicitor or whatever the case may be. A guy, uh, going back about 10, 12 years ago, a guy asked, I, I put a price in this job. I put in what I considered a good price, decent profit, happy out. This guy came in and chopped me down. And I think my price is 120,000. He came in and- Was this for a full, a build on a house? An extension on a house. So this guy came out of left field and put in a price of 60,000. Christian man was probably rubbing his hands. Great, this guy's only okay. 60. Barry's and were you scratching your head saying, how said, was he doing how this for 60,000? I said to him, I, said, I want you to do me one favor. I said, I stand the cost if you want. I want you to go to quantity surveyor and find out, can that man build that extension for 60,000? So he decided to believe whatever I said. He went over to the uh, quantity, quantity surveyor and the quantity surveyor. The materials cost more than the 60,000. What? So I got the job. But look, he actually did that. Because, because there was a clear case of intended case, fraud. I, but, but if, there's no, no one said he int intended to fraud, but what he would have done, he'd have gone in, got his big fat deposit, splashed around with a paint and a few shovels and a few holes and a bit of concrete and fecked off out the door with no intended to fraud. You know, and found. nothing could be done. Nothing could be done. Because he went in and done what he thought he, he was going yeah. to do. He'd come back a few times, make all the cash flow problems. The same thing again. Yeah. But lucky you, man, whatever way I said it, he decided to get the quantity server, the quantity server. The materials cost more than that man's price. It's mad. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. You got to be really careful. You got to make sure you do your due diligence, whether you're hiring a building contractor or even, even the contractors, even if you're hiring separate contractors in regards to electrical, mm -hmm. plasters, like block layers, whatever the case is, make sure you know who you're hiring because it's very easy to get, mm -hmm. lose I mean, money and get it, frauded. It, it stopped me from, you know, getting jobs in content server, but, but for the better because yeah. like I've often hired them. So I've got this price and it's a bit complicated here, a bit complex. I'm just really sure. I don't want to get caught out. This might take more time. Well, this this is their training. Yeah. You know, so they're going to this say, is well, what they're paid they, to do. They say, yeah. And I've lost jobs based on his price. Mm -hmm. But good, because they probably made more money lying in bed. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? You would have, if had you gone in for the price you originally yeah. gone in for yeah. and not got a quantity of air in, well, then the job could have cost you money, yeah. not the other way around. And when the Celtic Tiger was dying, a lot of people on the race to the bottom were doing anything just to get the jobs. Mm -hmm. Even though they couldn't possibly make money, but in their panic, or maybe the mental panic, yeah. the mental anxiety, they just felt they had to be working somehow, even though they're making no money. Mm. So that's the other thing you have to watch out. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. That's uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Thanks for telling yeah. them that, because like you said, a lot of people go in blind and don't really know what to be looking out for. That's yeah. good. And um, they, say, they say the standard thing, um, you t three quotes is never enough. Get four quotes for for the plaster. Yeah. No, for for every for every trade you're going to get in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, go back to materials. It can be a fun exercise. If I said to you, look, I'm not to say twenty two hundred years, uh, twenty two hundred. Just well, that only took me a day to figure that one out. You know, if I said to you, listen, I give you twenty two hundred for a day's work. I bet you do a lot of work for me for that. For sure. And you'd go on that computer till the fucking midnight hour. Yeah. So if you think about the savings, there was huge savings just by people doing their own negative. So do your research. Do your research. Get three or four different quotes off each contractor because by and large, one of them is going to be cheaper than the other. Yeah. Um, and again, obviously, you have to make sure that they are who they say they are and they're qualified and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you see a quote going way off field... Be suspicious. Be suspicious. You know. So if somebody comes in at an unbelievably lower price than the rest of them, that's not necessarily good. That yeah. kind of rings alarm bells and say, whoa, here a minute, I need to yeah. I need to check this out because although it may sound really good, yeah. it could actually end up being fraudulent and yeah. end up costing you a lot more than saving money. Do you know that um, guy, he did the movie on him, Abigail something, catch me if you can. Okay, um, uh, yes, I do know. Leonardo you know, DiCaprio pays yeah, him. The, but the, the real character, um, he was being interviewed there uh, and I, I caught his, I caught the interview and he said that um, he was asked, was fraud more prevalent today uh, than it was in his day? 
And he said, do you know how, many, how often, how long it took me to make up something, you know, like false, like a false document? Yeah. He didn't have the technology we have today. Frank Abigail. It just took him so long to get this thing here to make up a false. He says, it's all change. You can do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. A good computer, uh, a good pr- a printer. So you can pick up literally anything. Yeah. And nobody yeah. checks anything. That's a great movie, actually. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. But he, say, he says it's actually got worse than it's ever before. He, yeah. he said it was quite difficult. He just had to have the compu- complete cheat to walk in and pretend he was that. You know? Yeah. Uh, but now he said that's all changed. He says it's even 20 times worse. He said. Yeah. You can't keep up with it because much easier. Yeah, much easier. Much easier. You know? Okay. So, um, yeah, geez, that's great. That, that's like a great movie, actually. I've seen that loads of times. Yeah. Right. So we have the plastering up. What now? I'm assuming now has the electric or has the plumbing been in yet? The, the electric now is going to again cost, cost you. A, so, so what is the next move after the plastering? Well, uh, uh, your roof is on. Our you roof got, is on. You, you got your, your We your, have our insulation up and, you, you have and your, our plaster board and your, and your windows in. And our windows 15 in. Fifteen to twenty grand right there for the windows. For the windows as well, another yeah. fifteen grand. Yeah, the fifteen. Yeah, everything is. They're 15. all fifteen grand. Yeah. yeah, in and around yeah. the ballpark. Figure. And the electrician, you can throw him in around that ballpark as well. Electrician. So, at what stage does the electrician come in though? When does he come in? Well, after all, after all, he comes in twice because first of all, he'd have to come in for the main electric before wires. Before the plastering is all done, he's, he'd have all his walls and his wires strung down. So before the plastering is done, the electrician yeah. goes in yeah. and he has to do his chasing in the walls because no. he has to make sure the wires aren't protruding out through. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Then you start plastering all. Okay. All so the electric again—that's another fifteen grand. Another say. fifteen grand. Um. Okay. So the plast now the plaster goes on. The plastering is done. And your windows are in. Windows are in. Now you get all your doors and your skirting. Now the carpenter comes back to start second fixing. Locks, yeah. All the kind of stuff, you know. So uh, that finished uh, floors. that's not included in the 15 grand on the no, roof now. No. You get your finished floors. It depends if you're going to go underground heating, which I think is way too expensive. Well, in your opinion, that was one of, the kind of one of the things I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you. Underground heating, good or bad? I don't think it's good. Why? I think it's overkill, number one. And I think that... Uh, is it overkill in what sense? In the sense that, well... You're going to extraordinary amount of money to save, hopefully save money. Well, is it a lot? Is it a huge cost in comparison to just normal radiators? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, and I don't care what anyone says, it hasn't been wrong long enough to go that badly wrong. But what happens if it does go wrong? Yeah. You know, let's say a guy's taking a shortcut. Like uh, you're, you're supposed to put little fit- fittings into it so that thing will break. Mm-hmm. There comes a point where you do have to. Yeah. Let's say the the quality of, of the pipes now underneath it, somewhere down the, the line, either between time erosion or something going wrong, yeah. or maybe an uh, like for example, is, is 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 there a material in that that has not yet been tested time wise, right? and suddenly goes wrong? We have to dig up all those floors. Just oh, to find yeah, it. yeah. The whole floors have to come yeah. up to find that fault, and we also have to remember. That a lot of these trades have um, apprentices. This is another thing we haven't thought of. So it's a very important point. The cutting costs to throw these guys in. Cutting costs. So apprentice comes in, and whether he's a first or second year, depending on how good he is, he may be the very guy that's laying these underfloor pipes. Yeah. That might not exactly know, might or might not know exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, and something goes wrong. Well, then obviously it's down to the, the main contractor who you've hired, but still at the end of the day, if something goes wrong and your floors are in, well, then... There's the, trouble. That's trouble, yeah. Because yeah. once it's been done, all of the floors have to come up. And let's yeah. say, for example, there's a leak or there's something going on. We don't know where it is. How how do you find it? Well, I like the idea that I can get access something. And it's like anything else. I mean, if you've got a very complicated car, I mean, the, the, the mechanic has, has an awful job just to access a particular 
hurt. It's going to cost you a lot more. A lot more money. So, the, I mean, especially in a house, you don't want these things to go wrong. You want these to be able to get at it. Mm -hmm. And I personally would, would not do it. You know? So, so the cost is a lot more um, for installation as well as maintenance. Would you say? Because obviously there wouldn't really be any maintenance, but um, the installation of underground installation, floor, yeah, costs more money. It's a lot more. Oh, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So um, your and opinion will be to stick to the... I stick to, to more traditional methods than that. More traditional know? and where it could be, where if, it's, if it's piped underground from a, an outer area into the pipes, it's fine. You know, at least, at least you can deal it up and get at it. Yeah. But inside the house, my God, I don't like the idea that I cannot get at that if something goes if wrong. If something goes wrong, yeah. You know? If a pipe bursts, there's, you yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. Now, I did it in my, in my extension in my house. There is underground heating. Yeah. But only in that area. And uh, just for this, personally, I did, I, uh, there's always that little thing in the back of my head, you know, would that thing ever go wrong? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it kind of niggles away, even though nothing has happened. But you're mm -hmm. just thinking, what happens if this thing actually goes? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you yeah. do? What if, what if a pipe does actually burst? What am I going to do? Yeah. So um, advice from a man and, who's uh, been in the industry for 40 years. And then plumbing. We've been talking about the entire... We haven't even talked about yeah, the plumbing the yet. The yeah. plumbing costs. You get boilers, all, the, all these things. That was money. actually going to be my next question. Um, yeah. yeah. Plumbing. By the, time he, by the time he gets to it again, you can try another 15 grand. Another you know, 15 grand yeah, for the give plumber. It's all 15 yeah, grands all around there for everybody. I, we should just get them to line up and just add the 15, have the checkbook but if out. You, if you add it up right now, how, where, where, how much have you got um, there so far? We're to add it up there right now. So we've got uh, 50 for the land. So, so 50 for the land. 3,000 roughly there, thereabouts for the, um, for the, what do we say, planning? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're on 53,000. 53,000. Um, next 15,000 what's after the planning who are we bringing in next we're talking about the raft the foundation yeah. is going to cost you another 15,000 um, okay so he comes in next is the block work uh, block work wouldn't work. what do we say 15 to uh, block work today I suppose um, six, uh, you can talk between buying the blocks and the sand and cement and, everything. and the labour uh, another 12 grand another 12 there. grand for yeah. the blocks and again yeah. folks this is all on an on an average size house, two story house, six hundred square foot, just yeah. a normal standard house. No, yeah. not taking into any of the complexities yeah. that some of you would on on your bills would be taken mm -hmm. under. So twelve thousand for the block work. That's eighty grand already. The block work is yeah. up. Next comes the roof. That's another fifteen to seventeen thousand. Maybe twenty. Maybe again, twenty. But again, I'm talking about bog standard. Yeah, these big. are all fairly standard. Yeah. So again, the the reason why it's good that we're talking about uh, standard is because it'll give actually people an understanding of right. Well, if this is what it costs to get a normal house up, what's it? How much more is it going to be if I want all of these other complex part? If I want an extension of the house over yeah. here, or I want the house in a certain shape, well yeah. then. The roof, there's going to be four valleys and then there's going to be an apex and there's going to be, so it's going to cost a lot more. huge money then. So you know? we're, we're basing this on the f off a uh, bog standard 600 square yeah. foot two-story house, yeah. just to give a kind of understanding of what the yeah. costs are. So we're going to say 20 grand, there, thereabouts, 15 mm -hmm. to 20 grand for the, for the for that house. Um, okay, next, after that, what do we say was coming after the roof? The, the windows have the to be windows. put in. Okay, and that we're going to say that's another 15,000. Electrician. Yeah. So already we have the land bought, we have the foundation put in, we have the land bought, we have the planning got, we have the foundation put in, we have the block work done, we have the roof done, mm -hmm. and we have the windows put in. Mm -hmm. We're at 110,000. No. Already. Already. And then you okay. got painting. Um, hold on now a second. Let's keep this in order. So now okay. we have the windows in. Mm -hmm. Next is... 
The, Did we count the electrician? Yeah, we haven't counted the electrician. No, the electrician is next. So he's yeah. another 15 grand. Yeah. Now, again, folks, we don't, we're not literally saying this is everything is going to cost 15,000 on the button, but ballpark figure of what these trades cost. Electrician, 15,000. Next is the plastering. Sorry, no, not next is the plastering, we, because we, we have to do the insulation as yeah. well. Did we, did we didn't write that down there, no? Um, I have it, I'm writing it down here now on this yeah. thing. So next is the insulation. It's going to be another 12,000. Yeah. We'll say 12,000 in costs, the insulation. 137,000. Now the See. plaster has to come in. Yeah. Another 10,000. At least. At least. Minimum. Yeah. At least. We yeah. give him 15,000 so he doesn't Ooh. feel left out okay. like the rest of them. <laughs> so we give the, we give the plaster 15,000. Yeah. Okay. And we're on 152,000. Yeah. And now again, bog standard, 600 square foot the, house. But you, you, you included in that and the site of, we were just talking about the building. You yeah. You take, you take 50. Everybody, everybody has to buy the site. Yeah, everything has to be done by the side. But if you're, yeah. if you're done with building alone, mm -hmm. you know, so you could only, you could, but you included the 50 grand in there, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. included the 50 grand, yeah. yeah. But you could, you need, for building costs, you need, to, you need to take that one out, mm -hmm. you know. So, but then you have, on top of what, we, we still haven't covered the, the full painting cost, hanging doors, all Hang, the So the second fixing of the house as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't even, at the minute, I haven't even put in the plumbing yet. Yeah, skirting, all this kind of stuff. So the yeah. plumbing... The plumbing is going to be another, I know from my experience being with plumbers and working on it, so you could say that's another 12 grand. At to, least, actually. At least 12 grand. Yeah. At least 12 grand to plumb the house. I said 12, to go back to the 15, 15 covers and that, but yeah. it's there. And then, you know, you you can go through all these other things here. You One thing, and even there's the other little niggly pieces you, 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 you'll have to go through, but ultimately again, have they even started on the outset? Yeah. Have they put in that this is, driver? We're still on the house here now. Still in the house. So we're still on the house. So yeah. um, the plumbing is in. That's 15 grand. Mm -hmm. The plastering is done. That's what we already put him in. Um, yeah, the, all the prices really start adding up mm -hmm. very, very quickly. And it comes, like, if you take away the cost of the, the site of 50 grand, but what you do there, it's still going to come out 150 grand just for a simple bog standard small two-story 600 yeah. ground floor, uh, square feet in the ground floor you know? like we can go we could say again get the carpenter to come back in and do the second fixing mm -hmm. lay the floors uh do the skirting do the architrave or too. hang the floor uh, hang the doors yeah you're and that's excluding another that's excluding the cost of the site that's excluding the cost of the you site know? yeah um yeah look at it really really quickly starts to add up yeah, really, really quickly starts to add up. If I if I was to say to anybody, I'd be looking for those old houses that you can do up, where there's an opening in there, and where structurally sound. The bigger your deposit you can put together, you can do an awful lot with it. In yeah, fact, it's like you can go back to Athenry mm -hmm. Satellite Town. All these said, there's great little bargains to be had there. I've know? heard stories. I don't know. Is, it, is there some type of council levies that have to be paid before if you buy if you buy a house on new land or if you buy new land to build a house on? Are the council entitled to some sort of payments or do they need some, are there some it, sort of levies we have to pay the council it, or? Everybody's different. Recently I bought a, a building and they came up with, those, I, I didn't even have to change a sewer pipe on the side. I did nothing. You didn't have to? Not, nothing. The, you bought a building here in Galway? In, in, in Utrecht, but they actually hit me with a five, almost a five grand um, planning fee. 5,000 yeah. euros <laughs> planning fee. Yeah, and I, nothing was changed. Really? Yeah. Because they said, oh, well, you know, uh, for some wording like to the point where um, an existing stuff and uh, maybe stuff they're going to put in. You know, who knows? They might never put it in. But it's, the house has been there for 70, 80 years. So what do I know? Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. And, but, and it's, you have to pay them. You, you to can't pay not pay yeah. it. And she said to me, why didn't you object at the time you applied for the planning mission? I said, well, I'm hardly going to object against my own planning application. Yeah, of course. It didn't I, even I'd love to know how, how do they determine what the cost of it is? Where the cost view, comes from? They just Did they give up. you any sort of breakdown or did they say, right, well, this is why you have to pay us this or... It was like, here, you owe us 5,000 and that's it? No, we need for it or so-called existing or, or, or proposed improvements, some wording that effect, a nonsensical thing. There's nothing you can do. I mean, it would be just ridiculous if I was if I was the only person objecting against my own planning application. Yeah. I have no choice. You Nobody's any choice. You have to just grin and bear it. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, so that's the problem. And that's an existing building. Right? I mean, it had planning mission for two apartments. One didn't have any planning mission. Uh, there was a third apartment. It, uh, the, it was members was using it as, as, as a as a as an apartment for twenty years, but he had no permission. But mm-hmm. so I had to get all that uh, redone, and uh, there was a hairdresser shop, and I also had to get plant permission for an apartment for that as well. You had to get separate planning for the yeah. hairdresser shop. We know all. I looked all into one. Okay. So in other words, there was only plant permission for two apartments. The other two, the one that existed there for a long time, and the hairdressers, I had to get plant permission for that, and they charged me the cost of five thousand just to do that. And there's wow. nothing I could do with. Yeah, you, you just know. have to pay the money or yeah. else you're not going to get the planner, are you? Yeah. That's amazing. I did call up and rent a bit, but there's nothing I could do. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's that's the problem. And do you remember, that's a build that already existed. That's a building that was there for 70 years. So, you know, there's no sense, there's no kind of index you can have a reference point. Yeah. Everybody's story is different, you know, like yeah. uh, some might get away cheap and they, they'll just come up with something. And I'm not saying they're doing it intentionally, but in my case, that certainly could not apply because that building lay there 70, 70 years. years. And it was actually pretty derelict before I bought it. Mm. You know, but how many gripes when they get these gripes all the time? I'm just up with my own thing. So there's nothing is just straightforward. It may be straightforward, you may be lucky. But going back again to with, with the old houses, if, if, I, if I said to people starting out in the game, don't be going from big and bold just to, you know, keep up with the Joneses, look for the barbers, and they are there. They are there. You when know? you do, like you said, do yeah. your research, find them. Yeah, and you, and you will come across them and save money. Yeah, um, I think we have pretty much covered. We've covered, from my knowledge, a lot from look start to finish. I know mm. we may have been a bit kind of all over the place and took different trajectories here and there, but all interesting conversation. Yeah, um, I hope we've helped the people out listening. Um, if there are any kind of questions, again, you can get in touch with us on across social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram at Good Brother Kitchens, um, and yeah. So Barry, I know you've kn- all of this legal information inside your head because you're talking about um you've been involved in a lot of this over you you have some type of book you have written yeah have i've written a book called law lawyers and liars lawyers yeah. and liars yeah, well law lawyers and liars okay you what's can the get, book you can, you can get it on the law 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 lawyers and liars.com law lawyers uh, lawyer law lawyers and liars.com that's, that's it law lawyers and liars.com yeah. And, and this is a book that you've written. That I've written. Essentially, what's what, it about? Well, it galvanized me about how the going back even buying a house. This is one of the things in the book. And uh, like I was, I just called up one lawyer. So how much is going to cost me to pay you to get the house, of, uh, get the house in my name? You know, yeah. how, um, and he said, "Oh, about eighteen hundred euros." And it's a lot of money. I said, I'm going to do it myself. And I did it all myself, and no problems at all. And I had to pay the usual fees, mm-hmm. yeah? but he was going to charge me eighteen hundred. Excluding the fees, so I was doing. What is he going? What's he going to do for me? 
All I had to do was go to the council, get the, the folio number again, to find out was any treaties or things, the right of ways I didn't know about, was it on there? We, all the information came right down and, and, and from their records. I found there was nothing there that couldn't really impede me, mm -hmm. and off I went. You know, that In other words, again, this very stuff that anybody should be doing, but they brainwashed into thinking they have to go to a lawyer. You know, yeah. and I can go from there about wills and all tre treaties of every kind. All this stuff you can do yourself. Mm -hmm. if you, if, at least if you you have a fight with somebody, right, or whatever the case may be, and you run off to a lawyer, the lawyer firm is going to charge you seven hundred to seven hundred and fifty euros an hour, just no, to speak with them, just to, to to get them to get the firm to act for you, right? Every time you go to court, in or out of court, there's more money, right? If I sit to you again. Look, I'll give you 700 or I'll get this few jobs. Will you do it for me? And you will do anything. You probably, you know, of course, whatever else I do. I mean, that is huge money. But it goes back to the same thing about pricing jobs. You can do all this yourself. So what made you, why did you go and learn this stuff yourself as opposed to paying? Because what, you realized the fees are too high and you were getting charged astronomical money for something that was you seemed or you may have felt was pretty basic. Or well, what, I, what I, actually made you go and learn I, this stuff yourself? A guy came up to me, right, and the optics of what uh, of really what happened in his case, I changed in the book. Right? Give me a brief, give us a brief overview for the people well, listening so he, we understand what well, happened. He, he, this man was in an awful state. He said, they're coming after me, they're going to take my house, they're going to take my uh, property. And who was coming after uh, him? The, the, he said, the lawyers. He the says, lawyers were. He, he lost a case, a defamation case. Right? Okay. And in that case, the other guy's lawyers went to 30,000 for themselves. The man who brought the case against him for defamation wanted thirty thousand for himself, so he was looking at sixty thousand or the guts of sixty thousand in a court of law. So he said to me, "I don't know what I'm going to do." The, my own, his own lawyers were telling him, "You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your property." The his own lawyers, his own lawyers, and he was paying seven hundred euros an yeah, hour for, for. Said you're going to lose everything. Said so well, he never actually paid them because there was another story. Okay. But, but this was his story. He was in an awful state. The two years almost rolling down his case. I had some success kicking lawyers around the place rather than trying to kick me around the place. I said, this is interesting. So your own lawyer is telling you that you have to give up everything. They're going to take everything unless you find this money. He said, that's exactly it. So I started to delve into the law, right? And his case, and the, his case alone led to the book. What actually happened was I found out that again, and we alluded to this earlier on, that because everything he owned was jointly owned with his wife, his entire business was jointly owned with his wife, right? That they couldn't do anything to him. Because if you're a property owner with mm -hmm. somebody else in, in a joint tenancy, not a common law tenancy, common law tenancy means that if you own a property and you own a property, you own a, or, or part of a property together, you own that part of the property separately. Okay. But if it's a joint ownership, if he hit me in the jaw, right? Well, and I go after him in a court of law, but I want his property. I can't do anything because you own it. And you cannot be penalized for what he done. So a co-owned property can't be seized can't or taken? Can't be seized, no. It was co-owned, was jointly co-owned. Cannot be touched. That includes assets as well. Uh, so the, the whole point of this, uh, I, I just couldn't believe I stumbled upon this thing that nobody seems to know, you know. And then I found out there's a thing called the, the, the Solicitor's Alliance. So they actually worked together. His side, the guy that I was helping, and the other side, they were actually walking together against him, telling him pure, blatant lies. I spent two years out of the four-year battle, which I never got a penny out of him, right, trying to convince him that his own lawyers was working against him. And he would not believe me until about two years into the battle. 
really. Right? And in the end, the whole thing just fell apart. And they didn't get there, anything. No one got anything, so no, there was no case. No one got anything. What's Solicitor's there, Alliance? There, there, there's a thing called the Solicitor's Alliance. And again, go back to, you have to look at the dictionary meanings of words. Alliance means what it says, mm -hmm. secretly and covertly working together, essentially, you know. Uh, uh, but going back to his case, when you go into a lawyer for the first time, yeah. right, I'm agitated because I'm walking into you. You're calm, you know, I have a cup of tea there, everything okay, but I'm hardly going to be coming into you if everything was okay. Yeah, right? of course. So I'm, I'm obviously I'm off guard, so I need help. You know, the wife is leaving me or somebody's trying to, somebody stole my cow or whatever, whatever the case, the case is. is. But I'm all worked up about something, right? And you can be reassuring words. Oh, I think you have a very good case there, Barry. So this is what I want to hear. Please give me the words I want to hear. Yeah. Off I go. Yes, but just while you're there, you might just sign that there. Oh, what's this? Oh, I can't be bothered. Okay. So I sign, sign it really quickly. My first mistake. I've just literally. You've signed a contract. Signed Again, going back to what we talked about earlier. I've signed a blank check with you, literally. Because you can say, well, Barry, my bill is 15000 as in his case, 30000 uh, just just from the lawyer, from the other side, not mentioning his own side, right? But you already signed this, Barry, saying that I I could have numerous hours of investigations going on at once, and you, but you agreed, whatever the cost may be, and you signed it. What, what, what are you going to do? Right? So that was the first thing he did. Yeah. Absolutely wrong, right? There's another part of the contract goes. This is a very important part for anybody going into a court of law. Let's say you go into a court, right? And I say, just great night. Yeah. Oh, you've won the case. Mighty. So I'm feeling good, Matt, for winning. Just like 50, you've got 50 grand. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mighty. But, and you've won the court costs as well. Oh, I'm, I'm 100 grand up at this stage you now. Yeah. So six, seven weeks pass by, uh, two weeks pass. But hang on. I couldn't get any money out of the other guy. The found he had no money. He was married and everything was in joint assets. Sorry, Barry. We know you won the case. We know we did we did the best for you. And you won, we got you winning the court cost too. But unfortunately, we couldn't find any money on the other guy. So you have to pay us our costs, including the court costs. Wow. So it's the second part of the contract, the contract people sign all at once inside their office. Right? It is like literally getting your own rope to hang yourself. Yeah. And that's why I came up with the book. So I started delving it into it more and more and more. There was an elderly couple in that book. There were a young couple moved in next door. They, they were jealous of their youth or whatever the case may be. But this couple decided they didn't like the fence that they had mm -hmm. be between them. So when this couple... The garden for, fence. The garden fence. So when the couple went away for a long weekend, the elderly couple up the fence, threw it out. And when the couple came back, now became a boundary issue. No, no, your, your fence is actually on, on our property. So the young couple, not wanting any wars with this couple, brought them to court. They won the case, right? And the couple, the judge said, well, what do you want damages? Well, you don't really, you don't want any more trouble. Just give us 10 pound. Great, 10 pound uh, court costs awarded against this couple, 250,000. They actually had to sell the house that they lived in to pay the costs. The old couple did. Yeah. Now, if, if the elderly couple have only won them and took the case against that young couple, they'd have held their house. But they didn't. Yeah. So if, we, if you're ever going against somebody, you never do it with your wife or spouse, do it alone. Because if you, if you lose, at least you can hang on to your house. Yeah. So the yeah. ins and outs, yeah, you just got to be really careful. Again, going back to contract law. And if that sounds outrageous, I'll just finish you with this. Mm -hmm. right? A young guy, about 2011, hopped out of a taxi, didn't pay the fare and fecked off. Right? Mistaken identity, they blamed this other guy who was living in Japan at the time. Yeah. Right? He was clearly in a different country. Simple case. The parents, still in Dublin, run off to this lawyer. Oh, son, we don't have son to start off life. He's just finishing college. We want a clean record. Great, we sort that out. Just sign this piece of contract, the same contract we were talking about earlier on. So they sign it, you know, all full of aspirations and hope it's going to be easy, thinking, ah, sure, 
maybe thousand will sort all this out. Man goes off, does all his magic, mm-hmm. gets the case thrown out of court, and hands them a bill for one million five hundred thousand. What? Because he could. Based on, the, based on the contract they signed. Handed them a bill and for bill, 1.5 million. Yeah, which did not include the expenses. Oh my God. Now, creatures of habit, people fall into habits, but it's hard to break them. The older you get, the, the, the more habits you carry with you, the harder they are to break. They went off and get another load of barristers trying to fight that bill. So they're still shelling out money. And this is still going on. Still going on. No end in sight. Wow. You know? Yeah, so. So the reason I, I wrote the book is to protect people to wake up, and especially, and this is actually in many ways tied in all things we're talking about here, right? yeah. is the, the biggest crooks, not all of them, of but course, some. can be the very people you're going to go to to help you, which is the lawyer. Yeah. You know, and it's a form of brainwashing. It's not even a recognized, uh, in theory, it's not even a recognized trade because if I'm implying you to build my house, I, I don't want just advice of you. I want you to build the house. Yeah. All a lawyer does Anytime and every time is give you advice. Mm-hmm. You're only paying for advice. Yeah. Right? Not set in concrete. And he's one of the only few people that can give you bad advice and get away with it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know. So as we said, contracts, they're a legal binding document. Yes. Whether it's a contractor, building contractor, somebody that's working on your house, a solicitor that's been involved in the sale of the house or the deal, whatever the case yeah. may be, make sure you read the contract. Yeah. And uh, the fine print that's in the bottom that they don't want you to see. Exactly. Because it could end up costing you. And especially with the lawyer, what you're signing with him is probably the worst contract you're ever going to sign. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying they're all bad out there, but you need to get quotations for different lawyers as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, to buy a house, if it keeps, gives you peace of mind and you will have to get a lawyer anyway if you're getting a mortgage, I'd say the average should be no more than a thousand. Yeah. Brilliant. You know? Barry, thank you very much for being a guest. You're our first and hopefully we'll have you back here for a few more after that. Glad uh, to help. Listeners, thanks for listening in. This is um, Let's Get Down to Brass Tax with Good Brothers. See you on the next episode.